Thank you. It's sad when a mother has to speak the words that condemn her own son. But I couldn't allow them to believe that I would commit murder. They'll put him away now, as I should have, years ago. He was always bad. And in the end, he intended to tell them I killed those girls and that man. As if I could do anything except just sit and stare, like one of his stuffed birds. Well, they know I can't even move a finger, and I won't. I'll just sit here and be quiet, just in case they do suspect me. They're probably watching me. Well, let them. Let them see what kind of a person I am. I'm not even going to swat that fly. I hope they are watching. They'll see. They'll see and they'll know. And they'll say, why, she wouldn't even harm a fly. Microphone doing over there, Sarah? Is it turned up as loud as it'll go? Now it is. All right. Matt. Matt Green, when you have a moment, I I hate to do this to you again, but it does appear that there's some uh, we have a potentiometer issue. So you know, just give me a second. Why, hello! It's eight minutes and twelve seconds after the hour of eleven, and this is the month of May in the year of our Lord 2008. Thank you for coming along and making part of your listening day. We are live from the plushly appointed, yet not overly ostentatious studios of AM 970 Solid State Radio. This, my friends, is the Rick Emerson excursion into whimsy. 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 Thank you for coming along. Uh, if you would like to join us today via the telephonic device, we call it telephone. It's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970 with your comments, questions, clarifications, conventions, two cents, Whatever ye may have. Sarah, I know you can't be heard at all, but can you sweeten my mic ever so slightly? Thank you so much. All right. Uh, in any event, Richie Bristol, standing, uh, reeking of booze, by the way, standing by, ready, willing, and able to pass along your observations about the interesting, the maternal, the groundbreaking, the mundane, the uninteresting, the fascinating, the compelling, the perverse, the uh, disturbing, the unyieldingly insane. Whatever it is you might have to speak on today, uh, he can pass along your calls. It's what he does. It's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. You can also email if you like. It's rick at rickemerson.com. Rick at rickemerson.com. Rick at rickemerson.com. Sarah at 970.am. Tim at 970.am. Or Richie with a T at 970.am. So we just had a report from somebody. We'll talk more about this in a moment when Sarah is able to, you know, speak and be heard. Uh, we have a report from somebody who said he's standing right near or just saw uh, Hillary Clinton. Not a hair out of place. Her hair really is the most consistently winning thing about her. <laughs> if only this were a hair contest. Um, and you know what's funny is I just read a thing in the New York Times yesterday about how she was, because she got booed or heckled or sneered at or chortled near uh, something yesterday. But even the New York Times, the old gray lady, said 
blah, 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 with not a hair askance. So, apparently her hair is always fantastic. Uh, all right. It is, uh, it is really the best thing. If we could just put, uh... Her hair on a better candidate somehow. All right, it's uh, what would that look like on Barack Obama? I Somebody guess. should merge the two. Give Barack, do it now. Give Barack Obama Hillary Clinton's full head of hair. All right. Well, in any I event, I saw his uh, motorcade coming down the 26th. Wait, so is that is he here today? Yeah, he's done. Well, he's done in Portland now. He must have been. He was at a factory in Beaverton. All right. And I okay. saw his motorcade coming down the 26th as I was driving in. I, so my question is, is this going to screw with me on my way home? No. Is, Okay, but because everybody's going to be gone by the time you leave. Fantastic, excellent. As long as the political Everyone, everyone's heading south. As long as the political process is done and over with by the time I have to get home to eat. All right. Uh, speaking of the political process, Lisa Desjardins. Oh no, I guess nobody's talking about the primaries at CNN, the world's premier news gathering organization. We'll make up for that. We will. You know, we're going to do our job and their job because it's what we do. Pulling more than our own weight for many, many years now. We're just going to continue today. Today, we're not going to stop. Hello. Hello. How are you doing over there? Okay, can you hear me? Hey, you can be heard. Yay. Yeah, fantastic. Okay. Hey, Matt. So what? Yeah, so what? I... Matt Green? <clears throat> yeah. If I were to ask you why this keeps happening, would I regret it? Mm, I don't know. That's up to you. Uh, like, I'm not like going to ask you. outside. You know? <laughs> very electrical and dangerous. Okay. No, I'm just, I'm just saying, like, if I so ask... you're asking, is it, is, it a, is it a question is it without a, is, an is answer? It, is it something I need, I want to know the answer to, or is there an answer? There is an answer, and it has to do with how copper oxidizes in the presence of O2. Uh, someone's stealing our copper. Wait, hold on. Are you making that up? <gasps> no, I'm not. Are the meth heads stealing our copper? <laughs> no, no. Are gnomes stealing our copper? What do you mean how copper oxidizes? I hate well, to stop, stop down the whole show, but this is fascinating. There are all kinds of little switches in the mic processors, right? About half a dozen of them. Yeah. And uh, the switches are made out of copper. The contacts themselves are made of copper. And after a while of, of not being uh, used, the copper oxidizes. And then the next thing you know, it just stops working altogether. Is that the copper oxidizes? When you say oxidizes, that mean the copper in some sort of infinitesimal fashion is miniaturized? Or is it there is a, a buildup and the contact is no longer made? There's a buildup, you know, like when you see uh, bronze statues yeah. that are green. Yeah. It's like that. So is this why uh, when on the old school knob style pots, a pot, by the way, is a potentiometer or volumizer or loudener thingy. Uh, that you turn it up with. Is that why on the old school radio boards with the with the with the, the dial pots that you would get the static and occasionally you would go in there and you'd see the engineers going bah, 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 and just running them back and forth a thousand times That's exactly to get yeah. the interference. Really, is that how you were fixing mm -hmm. it? Yeah, yeah. Because because a lot of these switches are presumably self cleaning. Uh huh. But they they don't clean themselves unless you actually push the buttons, like all of these buttons here on the console. Right. They're they're like that too. When they say so, self cleaning, they don't say yourself. That's only if you use them every day. Yeah. See, if you let them sit there for about thirty years. Excellent. <laughs> so this. So, so you're this, adjusting the copper clappers. Yeah, my copper clappers are completely adjusted now, Tim. Bada bing! <laughs> so, thousands and thousands of dollars of electronic equipment. And people think I'm making this up. Really, I'm not. Uh, radio stations do have thousands, often hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of equipment. But really, honestly, you will hear a crackling sometimes when you go to adjust basically a volume knob on a, on a radio control board. And the way that you always cure that problem is you just take the volume knob and you, yeah, and you just turn it from zero, you know, from low to high, like a, like back and forth, like a hundred times. A bunch of times, really quickly. And it just, and it cleans off the connections. God damn. All right. 
What a weird, great world we live in. Isn't it wonderful? It is. It really is in some, in some sort of perverse way. It's fun with physics, kids. All right. Fantastic. And that was The Hidden Life Thank of you, Radio Matt. Stations. All right, fantastic. All right, so I guess Hillary Clinton is wearing a navy blue uh, pantsuit, a light blue scarf, wow. and has really good posture, of course uh, she does. perfect hair, and silver diamond earrings. Uh, diamond earrings. Fashionably attired, as always. It's almost hard for her to hover, you know, like to, 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 to cover up the crush that she so clearly has on me. All right, so um, so it, where is she at? Do we want to say? I mean, Dorm public knowledge? She's a dormant. Oh, yeah. Of course she is. Of course. Because she cares about children. Find me children now, preferably ones with some sort of ailment. All right. Well, there you go. That's to cover up the fact that she wears a coat made out of puppies and hate. Uh, all right. Uh, so Lisa, I'm sorry, I keep saying Lisa Desjardins. CNN won't be covering the primaries today, so uh, we will pick up their slack, as we so often do. We will talk to Steve Kastenbaum today. Uh, we'll also talk to CNN radio correspondent James Roop, who I do believe has interviewed throngs of small children for Mother's Day. Um, so he'll be drunk. Scott Daly is going to join us from Film Fever Radio. He's got a, a review of Speed Racer, the movie about which no one cares. Uh, let's see, top five songs about transvestites. We meant to get to that yesterday. We didn't. We'll do that. Uh, also, from yesterday, being carried over to today, Dorothy Carcassari uh, for the National Enquirer. We will answer the magical question, how fat is Rick Emerson? Uh, and uh, a whole bunch of other things, as we are now less than one week away from Rick Emerson Listener Party 11, uh, happening next Thursday, May 15th, 8 p.m., at the Crystal Ballroom. Uh, so we'll talk more about that here in just a skosh, as our Asian friends say. This is Tim Riley, who's working on the following stories for your edification. Hillary did not ride the tram to OHSU, but she's speaking at Dornbecker's right now. Barack Obama spoke at a factory in the Beeb, and we'll hear what he had to say. Also, a little bird tells us Barack Obama will declare victory after the Oregon primary, putting us in the national spotlight. Bam! How about that? And Oregon Rep uh, Peter DeFazio's superdelegate vote for Obama puts him well ahead of Hillary. There been a rash of coyote attacks in Tigard. A blind bowler scores a perfect game. A three-year-old boy has never fallen asleep. More IRS rebates appeared in bank accounts today. It's going to be the best day ever. Including this reporter's. The boyfriend of a $5 billion lottery winner is charged with her murder. Two ingenious men steal 554 gallons of gasoline from the same gas station within four hours. <laughs> Find out how they did it. Excellent. Two Chicago men uh, kill a woman who they claim just talk too much. And an Arkansas woman is pregnant with her 18th child. Of course she is, Tim. That's how God wants it. Yes. All right. God wants everything to stretch and sag all the way to the floor. I mean, really, when you think about it, well, never mind. I'll save my anatomical observations for later. Uh, anywho, uh, we're joined today, as always, by the lovely and talented Sarah X. Dillon. You do look lovely today, by the way. And Tim looks especially handsome, if I may he say does, so. He I'm, does. I'm wearing a white dress shirt. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, but they're different. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because you've never seen one that here. But I mean, it's, it, it is, uh, uh, I don't know, a little bit different than perhaps your day-to-day -day newsman garb. Well, this is Edward R. Murrow relaxes in his office. And also, let's be honest, Tim, you work in a radio station, so the bar is set solo for looking good. I mean, really. I mean, everybody else around here, basically. Pizza slices. I mean, how much does it take to look just a little bit better than that? This shirt just happens to have buttons on it. That's the only thing that's different than what anybody else wears. I mean, everybody. These shoes have heels. I mean, if you look at the average, especially on this lower floor of the building where all the radio stations are. 
I mean, it really is like some sort of fraternity in which the requirement for membership is to be homeless. So, uh, I mean... There's nothing new about the white pressure. It's been around for years. It just is not seen here. It's all relative, Tim. It's all about context. I suppose. Uh, I'm not doing anything special that's not done in every office and every cubicle in America. So you do kind of lose track of that sometimes. I mean, it is it is easy to sort of forget... Uh, you know, the, the other people who have normal, regular jobs. And uh, we were. And they uh, have to send these things to a dry cleaner every week. They do. Some after each wearing. Uh, we, were, we were doing uh, our final little bit of filming uh, for the listener party upstairs earlier this morning. And of course, the upstairs is where all uh, the salespeople and the, the department heads and all the managerial types sort of lurk upstairs. And. And so, you know, it's like all, you know, the big freak squad, like it always is, you know, filming, you know, and so there's, you know, I'm there, and I was there, and you were there, and you were there, and Richie Bristol was there, and, you know, everybody just reeks of cigarettes and gin, and looks like they haven't slept for a day and a half, and they we're up there sort of surrounded by salespeople, and you do, and you, you do sort of realize how uh, the bar is set sort of, you know, much lower in terms of fashion and personal presentability down on this lower floor of the building. All right. Well, in any event, so uh, we are joined today by uh, the lovely and talented Sarah X. Dillon, how are you today? I'm doing well. Had a, watched a great episode of The Office and then of Lost last night. I watched part of Lost last night. Uh, Did you? Yeah. Uh, or not of Lost, rather. I watched part of uh, The Office. Uh, I tuned in and I watched about nine minutes of The Office, which is what I always do. It, it, and then it just became so uncomfortable, I had to leave the room. It was so awful. Yeah. It just becomes so... <gasps> Michael, last night, was uh, almost intolerable. Yeah. It was... Uh, yeah, it just, like, makes and you... And every Thursday, I walk in there, what are you doing? Uh, I'm watching The Office. And so there's Lara and Max on the couch, and they're watching The Office. And I'm like, oh, maybe I'll watch it with you. And it, I, she must have... I think I'm just antisocial or something, or don't want to spend time with her. Because every Thursday, I sit down on the couch, and I'm like, yeah, let's watch The Office. And it always seems like a good idea. And, yeah, I get to the end of the first scene, and I'm just, F this, I have to leave. Because it just, it just is so cringe-inducing. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a very well-done show. And somehow, I don't know how I was able to make it through the British version. Because the British version was pretty cringe-inducing as well. Maybe because it is British, and so, therefore, the mannerisms and the accents or whatever, there's like a layer you of... You separate yourself a little bit from it? Yeah, there's, there's a little bit of a disconnect there. So I can get sort of some distance from it, because... The Warner Hog Paper Company or whatever the hell it is, it, like I don't, that doesn't ever seem like like it's British, so it doesn't seem like a place that I would work. Dunder Mifflin, I mean, even here at a radio station, there are many, many, many striking similarities to The Office, as I'm sure that's the, I'm sure everybody, you know, that's the deal with everybody too. Everybody watches The Office and they feel like, look, I work there, so I just, yeah, I can't watch that much of it. Yeah, so watch that, and then I watched, yeah, uh, Lost, and it was amazing. Excellent. It was really, it was one of those brain-bending ones where it was kind of, um, it was like a lot of the mythology of the island, and nothing made sense, and it was it was really neat to watch, and I was watching it with somebody who hadn't seen it before either, so it was neat to see, like, other perspectives, and, and Lisa and I were totally geeking out about it, so it was fun. Fantastic. We will talk a little bit more about Lost uh, later. We've got some phone calls uh, uh, coming in. Um, anyway, so it's just it's a bit of a a little bit of a hustle and bustle today. A little bit of a crazy day already. Yeah, well, we were filming the uh, we're doing some photos after the show. Uh, we were doing the final bit of listener party video filming uh, upstairs earlier. Um, uh, I know that uh, later, Tim and Richie have to go get tuxedos later or get the fitting for that, which I did yesterday, by the way. And boy, that'll take you right back to high school and just memories you never, ever, ever want to relive. Did I mean, they was... ask the left or right thing? No, they didn't. No, that's. Uh, I think that only happens when you. Uh, I think that only happens when you somehow become a Tom Cruise, you know, like a character. I don't. But I. It, it, so I'm there, and I'm, we'll talk more about it later. To get to some of these phone calls and so forth. But I made some notes last night. 
because I went to uh, Mr. Formal, one of our very fine sponsors, who was uh, helping to provide us uh, with a garb for the listener party. But, of course, what I forgot about but then was immediately reminded of is that it is prom season. And so there I am, and I look, you know, reasonably adult and groomed and so forth. I mean, it's not like I'm a fashion plate, but I kind of look like I got my crap together. So I'm standing there, and she's like, well, you know, what, what size shoe do you wear? Do you want single or double-breasted or whatever she was asking me? And I basically just did what I always I go, give me whatever Frank Sinatra would wear. She's like, done and done. So she's finding that for me. And what to my wondering eyes should appear? But this kid comes in with, I believe, his girlfriend. It was like mom, her son, and the son's girlfriend. I would have given anything. I wish if there had been some inconspicuous way to take a photo of this kid that came in to get his tuxedo, clearly getting fitted for prom. I mean, rail fin, long, greasy, like, metal dude, unkempt hair, wearing a T-shirt with a huge, like, pentagram on it. It's like, you know, Cradle of Death or some band. Bad skin, big, thick glasses, totally just... And, you know, and clearly not putting on an effect. Like, he's not dressing the, to the part of metal guy. He clearly is just some young dirtbag metal kid. But kind of hideous and adorable, you know, in the way that those kids are. And he has the full-on squeaky teen, but I'm here for my prom tux. You know, and you're just, and in your head you're putting that kid into a tux, and it just doesn't work, man. Just like it didn't work for me when I was wearing a tux with my bad mullet. And his girlfriend's there, and the girlfriend, of course, is wearing... You know, everything the girlfriend wears either has uh, Hello Kitty or The Nightmare Before Christmas uh, uh, on it, you know. And so, as luck would have it, she's she has given me, like, a jacket and some shoes or pants or whatever to try on. It, just as she has given, like, 15-year-old metal prom dude uh, his tuxedo. And so, and he, the mom is there. And that's a special kind of embarrassing, too, because you're there with your girlfriend. And you don't want to be around your girlfriend in the presence of your mom anyway, because the whole time, she knows we're having sex, you know. And then, so she gives the kid the, the tux. And so the kid is in the dressing room immediately adjacent to mine. And it's only separated by, like, eight inches, so I can hear every sound the kid is making. So I, I jotted this. Was, I know this sounds creepy, but I jotted down some notes to myself. So as I'm in there and I'm putting on my shoes... As the awkward, gangly, greasy, long-haired metal kid is going into the dressing room with his tuxedo, um, the woman who runs the store says, uh, she says, okay, now, um, you know, do you know how to adjust that pant size? But doesn't guy work? And he goes, I don't know. I've never been dressed up, which is fantastic. And then as he's sort of taking all of the various pieces of clothing out of their bed, first of all, he doesn't know how to use a garment bag. I don't know how to get anything out of this bag. And she's just like, it's a garment bag. You just unzip it. And at one point, he must, be, he must be putting on shoes or maybe trying to figure out a cummerbund or something. Because, because he says, he goes, he goes, I don't even know what the hell this thing is. And it's just, it's so great. And it just immediately takes me back to why I don't miss high school at all. Like, in no way. There is nothing I miss about high school. And then I did get the big payoff shot, though. Where as I was out sort of, you know, like, writing down my name and confirming my shoe size, he comes out of the... He comes out of the dressing room, and man, it was just all kinds of awkward. I mean, it really, it, it, just in that special awkwardness that once you leave your teenage years, you can never quite recapture. So it was like you had just taken either Wayne or Garth or Butthead or Beavis and just stuck them in the tux, and it just could not possibly uh, be more of a cognitive dissonance to look at that. So it was great. It was great and awful and fantastic. And so, well, a sequel to Donnie Darko begins filming May 18th. Back to the well, huh? That's unfortunate. It'll include Ed Westwick of Gossip Girls. Maybe this maybe this one will include, like, logic and sense so that I don't have to watch it crying. 
Well, because they've already released Donnie Darko. Like, they did Donnie Darko, and they did the, the director's cut, which is a completely different movie. The moral is, don't let your second film suck so badly. There's no Donnie in this new film. Of course not. Why, why would there be? Meet the Darkos. That'll be this one. All right. Donnie Darko 2. Donnie Darko. All right. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick. What's up? What's up? Well, was the girlfriend the least hot? Uh, it would be wrong of me to say, but I will say they made a uh, they made a cute, if gangly and awkward couple. Yeah. Well, that one guy sounds like um, that, that engineer you had come in. Yes, he Matt Green. Like the guy from the the professor from the Simpsons. Oh, Professor Professor Frank. Yeah. And the copper wiring needs to be adjusted with the Mahogany and the uh, lady. Yeah, that yeah. guy. Yeah. Yeah. Now Matt Green is uh, Matt Green is a stellar engineer. Mm-hmm. Behold, by the way, a couple days in a row. Something needs to be fixed. Bam, he's here and it's fixed. Like the great gazoo. He appears and waves a thing and then he's gone. Okay. All right, thank you, sir. All right. All right, bye. Bye, see you. Ed Westwick is really good looking. Who? I wonder, uh, Ed, the guy that he was oh. saying was going to be in the Donnie Darko sequel. It doesn't matter. I'm not going to watch it. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hello, Rick Emerson. Hello, hi. Hello, Sarah Dillon. What's up? Hello. Hello, Tim Riley. Hello. Just a quick question about your uh, your top five list. Yeah. I am wondering if one of the songs has to be bleeped at the fourth word. Yes. Fantastic. Well, wait. I don't really know what we're talking about. So maybe. I don't know. One of the songs has to be bleeped. A lot? Well, a couple times. Oh. Yeah. Well, you'll have to to wait and find out, sir. You might be missing the one from Better Than Chocolate. Mm, All right. Well, we'll look into it. Okay. You lost my sounder, didn't you? Yes. I'll okay. find it. It was on the camera. I'll find it. Thank you. All right. Yeah. I'm not really going to look into it. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hello. How are all you? We're dandy Hello. and well-dressed. Okay. I have a question and a comment. Uh-huh. My question is, the son of Rambo a blatant ripoff of the adaptation of uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark? I don't think so. I think it's a coincidence. First of all, because the Raiders of the Lost Ark thing was made 15 years ago and just kind of recently came to light. Also, that son of Rambo doesn't... It's British and appears to be sort of a different kind of thing. Somebody asked me that same question. I don't really know a lot about that Son of Rambo movie, but it does appear to be a coincidence. Okay, that is just a freaky coincidence. Yeah, it does appear to be a coincidence. Well, these things are in the culture. You know, they get, yeah. in, the, they get in the zeitgeist. And then the other thing, uh, you were talking the other day about uh, the Keith Richards and the Izzy Stradlin concert yes, that you sir. missed out on. It was a wonderful concert. Thanks so much, Dick. Oh. <laughs> okay, have a nice did day. You, did you see it at the Paramount? No, I saw it in San Francisco. Oh, bastard! How was it? Was it was it fantastic? It was awesome. Izzy Stradlin, you walked in and he was playing um, "Jive and Sister Fanny" by the Rolling Stones. Oh, I don't know if you know that. Come on, come on! The best Rolling Stones song ever. And I got to tell you, I'm such a huge Izzy Stradlin fan. I mean, I really am. Uh, he yeah. was, re- Izzy Stradlin was the rhythm guitarist for Guns N' Roses, and then he left and did solo records, which are very kind of Stones oriented. And just and he never tours. That's the thing. Is he Izzy Stradlin is a guy? I would love to see a book written by that guy because he is the classic. The rock star story, even more so than Slash, he you know gets on a bus from Bloomington, Indiana, or whatever, Lafayette, Indiana, goes to L.A., calls his friend Axl Rose and says, "Hey, you got to come out to L.A. We got to start a band." They come out, they start the band, and that band was Guns N' Roses. And then he does the whole thing: substance abuse, banned from airlines. He had to travel on buses because he whizzed in an air in an airplane at one point. Did all every rock star debauch thing you could think of. And then it reached the point where they they were the biggest band in the world. And then he said, well, okay, I've done it. I'm tired. Bye now. And he went back home, and he lives in Lafayette, Indiana, on a farm, records in his basement, puts out records when he feels like it, sits around being a rich guy who was in Guns N' Roses. He's like the best guy ever. 
Have you ever seen the picture of him with Keith Richards? It's no. Just like, it's like his Ill, illegitimate child. Oh. It was like at the height of, you know. Did, when... Please tell me they played a song together. No, they didn't. Oh, that's good. That's good. In your face, guy who got to see it. Hey, I was there. I hate you. <laughs> I love you guys. Okay, bye. See you next Thursday. Thank you, sir. See you next Thursday. That's it. we got to start saying that. Yeah. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick Emerson. Hey, hello. Poor Richie. Sounds like you need a couple of these over there. Who are you, to whom are you speaking right Richie. now? Richie. Richie's not in the Richie. room, sir. Yeah, he was uh, a little kind of a little... Oh, uh, Richie's hungover. Yesterday was his birthday, and so he is now uh, reeking of booze, and I think he's still drunk. Explains it all. Uh, I got a uh, Barack Obama headquarters signing for you. Uh, it's in. It's on Hawthorne, isn't it? Actually, no. There's one in Northeast 15th and Killingsworth. Okay. Also. Northeast 15th and Killingsworth. And that's two of them, because there is one on Hawthorne. I saw it last night. Uh, so okay, maybe he's got yeah. a couple. I mean, it doesn't matter. He's going he's gonna to sweep this state like nobody's business anyway. But uh, all right, Northeast 15th and Killingsworth. Yeah. The thing that got my attention is the uh, volunteer now front of this uh, place. There's at least three of them like that. Yeah, well, uh, there's going to be any number of disaffected Hillary campaigners who can go over and help him out, I suppose. Yeah, I also heard that he was uh, over at the U.S. Bank Tower this morning working out. Is that true, or are you making that up? No. Interesting. Heard on the radio. All right, well, he's in town, so. we'll, we'll look into it, sir. All right. Thank you, my friend. Yep. All right, there you go. I was All riding right. my bike the other day, and I rode uh, by Steve Novak's headquarters. Really? That was so cool, and this guy... Yeah. When I was riding by, like, some guy was unloading some signs, I was like, Novick! <laughs> and the guy was really nice. Yeah. All right. All right. We should take a... Uh, did you go to prom? Yeah. Did you... Did your uh, got your date have a tux? Yes, he did. He looked like a tool? No, he looked really hot. Oh, I didn't. I looked like a tool. <laughs> with that... With the red rose that they spray is, with glitter? I mean, no, this is like my high about? school love, and he was like... Um, he was like the guy who was all tattooed, big, like, greaser, like, chops, and drove the 66 Charger. If I promise never to show anybody, will you show me the photo someday? Oh, totally. Okay. No, I'm actually... I'm um, I'm not really usually stoked on how pictures turn out. I'm, I, my prom pictures are really cute. Yeah, I have a tuxedo and a big, greasy mullet, and uh, I think I think I wore my Chuck Taylors. I think it's the only good thing about that photo. Oh, I was that was right when Titanic came out, so I was, was kind of obsessed with that whole genre side, this really cool dress with like this full skirt and it was light yeah. green and um, like a bodice thing and stuff. It was really neat. I had forgotten it was prom season because I have kids and so I, but when this when this kid walked in yesterday and he was just, yeah, just like full on. Did you coordinate your cummerbund to your date's the color of her dress? Totally. Oh yeah, totally. What color was it? I don't know. I don't even remember. <laughs> but I remember we did it though. I remember doing all that stuff. Uh, and I just, you know, and I just... God damn, I don't miss high school. I mean, because they, I'm not saying there aren't certain good things about being an adolescent or whatever. It's a very exciting time in a young man's life. But just, prom was just, I mean, it's so awkward. And again, this kid, he, you know, he, he shouldn't be in the tux. It's just not going to work. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure he'll end up looking fine. But like I mean, Angus. yeah, but it's just going to be like, you know, you just realize that, I mean, and you're looking at the whole, you know, they, they have every different kind of suit, every different kind of whatever. And all kinds of things that he would probably look kind of cool in, sort of different styles, more casual. But, uh, you know, but it's that thing of like, no, I must wear a tux, and it's just with the greasy hair and the whatever. So it's just, you know, I don't know. I guess that is the power of the tux, though, because they do, they will take even the gangliest, weirdest looking guy like me and make me look quasi-respectable in those photos. So I guess, as you said, you go in, you put that tux on, you get credit for being much more stylish than you really are. Mm Anyway, so, all right, take a break here. Back after this, it is the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Don't go anywhere. Why, hello, it's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. 
Thank you for coming along. It's 503-733-2970. Without further ado, let's welcome now to the... This is written all confusingly on the screen. Apparently on line six, it's either Jim Roop or Steve Kastenbaum or our good friend Tyler from CNN. Let's, let's find out, shall we? Hi, the Rick Emerson Show with a mystery caller. Sign in, please. You press the right button, it's Steve and Tyler. Hi, Steve. Is, Steve, is Tyler there as well, or is this one of those things where Tyler is listening via some god mode in another room? Uh, no, I'm actually here. Tyler, how are you, sir? I'm good, thanks, but I don't, I don't need to be a, a, a part of this. Steve's the entertaining one. I can just sit and listen. So you can just sit. What you should do is sit and listen and stare at him until beads of sweat appear on his forehead. <laughs> We're here to grade his performance on the Rick Emerson show. That's, they, they flew me up to New York in order to <laughs> see this in person. So there's absolutely uh, so there's no pressure at all in any way. Oh, no, I don't feel it at all. Only the rest of your professional career is riding on this moment in which you are broadcasting to not just myself and to Tyler, but to thousands and thousands of hypercritical listeners, finally attuned to your every flaw or perceived flaw. Steve, be funny, entertaining, and informative. Now, go. Do it! Right now. All right. Which is on. Um, it, well, so then... As I awkwardly switch gears, so you, it's odd in a way that they've got you talking about uh, the gas tax thing because by dint of living in New York City, this doesn't, it's not like I say it doesn't affect you, but it affects you perhaps less than it does in, oh, I don't know, if you're in Sacramento perhaps. Well, you know, the other thing is here in New York State, the state legislators are talking about uh, doing away with the, the state gas tax this week, uh, this summer in New York, which would mean another, you know, 25 to 30 cents off the gallon of gas here. So if they were to combine both, then we'd wind up with a nice, you know, 60 cents off our gallon of gas uh, over the summer, at least. Wait, so the, the thing about it is, you know, once they take away the tax, you think they're, you know, people are going to allow them to reinstate it? Well, th that's the thing, man. It's, it's the people sort of cling on to those things. And once you start lowering the cost of something or you give people, because I, I think sort of on a related note, isn't there some big, I think there's a lawsuit going on between Amazon.com or eBay uh, one of the two, and New York, because I think New York is trying to stick on some Internet tax uh, onto something. And, I mean, it's, it, if the tax had just been there all along, that's one thing. But you try to jack people up for an additional whatever at the pump or at the, uh, you know, at the website. And, they, uh, you know, the, the American people, it takes a lot to get them off the sofa. Uh, but trying to stick on or go back to previously uh, extant taxes uh, is a way to do that. So Yeah, you know, the, what, what's going on in New York with that is, uh, we need your money, and so if you buy something with uh, off a website, you know that's based here in New York, or if you live in New York and you make a purchase on the internet, the legislators are trying to figure out if there's a way to, to tax you on that. So uh, the way people get around that is uh, they, they purchase it and have it shipped to a friend who lives in a state where where you don't get charged tax, like Delaware. And then, and then and then the next time they come up to New York, they bring that big ticket item with them. This is sort of like if you want to go to Cuba, you have to go to like Montreal or something, and then take like a right. you know okay. take like a ferry or whatever. So is this now is the summer gas tax reduction or the proposed reduction that you're talking about? Is this part of the same thing or just uh, concurrent to the same thing that Hillary Clinton was floating a while back? Uh, con concurrent. It would uh, be uh, in addition to a federal uh, sales tax waiver. Uh, so it would be New York's uh, portion of the tax that is charged per gallon of gas. You know, in every state, it's, it's a different amount of money for a gallon of gas, and that's because each state taps, uh, tags on their own sales tax to, to gas. And, you know, if you cross the Hudson River here in New Jersey, a gallon of gas is about 20 cents less than it is in New York. They're, they're one of the states with the lowest 
gas tax in the country. I will say there's two things, actually. Uh, before we wrap this up, my two observations would be, one, I sort of had this inner Nelson Muntz in me uh, from The Simpsons, where every time I go by a gas station, and you'll see the guy who has the huge, you know, like he's driving the, uh, you know, the Canyon Arrow, or the, you know, like he, you know, when given his choice, he could either go for the small gas-friendly vehicle, or he could buy the Compensator 5000. <laughs> and, you know, and he bought the Compensator, and there he is, and it's like you can see it you know, 89, 90, 95, 105. And you just sort of do have that <laughs> moment, you know, as I'm sort of driving my, my small, unmanly car to work. My second thing would be this. Does this ever happen to you, and I don't know if it does, where you're driving by the gas station, and maybe you need gas, maybe you don't, but you're there and you can see the guy with, like, that long pole thing with the suction cup where he's out there getting ready to change it from, like, 385 to 4. And so my whole thing is like, I, you know, even if I just need a topping off, I will actually cut across five lanes of traffic and through, uh, you know, a group of people in the crosswalk just so I can get there and demand that they give it to me at the old price. I've never actually seen them change the price. You're the first person I know who's actually witnessed that. It's like seeing baby, it's like seeing baby pigeons, you know. It's not a thing you ever see. They just sort of appear fully formed. Yeah, I've never seen the guy go out there, so it's a long pole with a suction cup? Yeah, it's like because the letters are sort of, they're like these bendable plastic letters that go between two plastic slots. And so to take them off, there is a long, it's like a long metal broom handle with a big suction cup at the end that they go, and they stick it on the letter, pull the letter off, bring it down, put a new letter on, reach it up, stick it into place. And so it takes them about five minutes to do. So twice now, I have seen them changing the price of gas. And so just to be sort of obnoxious, uh, just to be latently hostile about the whole thing, I'll go in and go, no, 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 385, right over here, fill it now, you know, so, all right, so do, just, you know, if you ever see that happening, now you know how to who, uh, to accordingly proceed, my friend. Duly noted. All right, big plans for your weekend? Um, not really, Tyler, how about you? Hockey game, Saturday night. There you go. Not going to be, uh, Tyler, not going to be sticking around the office and doing any paperwork, maybe about Steve? Uh, you know, I, I'm sitting here thinking Steve doesn't know how they change the numbers on a gas station sign. I need to get him out in the world every once in a while. Oh, this is going in somebody's personnel review file. All right, uh, the both of you uh, have a. Oh, and by the way, while I got you on the phone, um, was it when you called in? If I can ask a technical question, was it ringing, not being picked up, giving you a fast busy, or picking you up and disconnecting you? What is going on with the phones? Tyler and I wanted to know what was going on. Uh, we they connected us to the police somehow. <laughs> we, um, we, uh, all you heard was NORAD. Hello? What is your launch code? It actually, it actually connected us right to that swingers club near your house you were talking about. Oh, I told Richie to stop that forwarding. Uh, the, the, we've got a couple things going on today. One is, and this is actually totally our fault, it is our bad, as the young people say. Uh, we have, we're just kind of running around because it was a little bit of a crazy morning and there were some technical issues with the start of the broadcast. The second thing is, and Roop for some reason seems especially plagued by this, there are some ghosts in the machine here where we used to have two sets of phone numbers, I'm sure you really care about this, two sets of phone numbers that both reached the same bank of, of, of phones. And at one point, they dropped one of the sets of numbers, so now there was only a single set of dial-in numbers. When they did that, though, there is some sort of weird, there's a man on the wing of the plane, William Shatner, Nightmare at 20,000 Feet, Twilight Zone-style problem, where, like, one out of every four calls, we just don't see it ringing, or somebody goes on to auto-hold, or they end up in some weird CBS telephonic backwater where we don't know the call has been answered. 
So we, we are endeavoring. So please let us know when that happens because we are endeavoring to, to, to fix all of that. Is there is there a radio station in Portland uh, near your building that would have been playing Message in a Bottle recently? Um, no. Because we were, like, immediately put on some sort of hold where we were listening to the police do Message in a Bottle. Message in a Bottle? Yeah. Can, Sarah, can you think of a station here to be playing Message in a Bottle? It, it literally picked up automatically like it always does, and then it sounds like, uh, you know, somebody was picking up to ask who was there. The I can't even place Message in a Bottle right that now. Would have, it's the it? police. That would have been maybe, uh, here's the weird thing, that maybe would have been Kink FM, which is uh, an, another station that is actually like four miles that's, away that's from here. That's actually what happens, though, Rick. When I call upstairs sometimes for Dave Zinn, it transfers me to Kink. Really? So that's the weird thing. Mm -hmm. So you were actually transferred to another building in a completely different part of Portland. Wow. That's wow, that's weird. technology and science advancing mankind. All right. Well, I will let the engineers know about this because I know y'all are uh, you got things to do, places to, places to be, people to talk with. So uh, I'll uh, really what's going to have to happen is there's going to have to be a beating. So just so you know, um, <laughs> there's going to have to be a bludgeoning and a tongue lashing of some kind. So be glad that you have prompted that. Thanks. I am. I'm very happy. Uh, take pictures. Uh, I will indeed. All right, uh, Steve, Tyler, uh, thank you both. Thank you for tolerating our, our technical whatnots uh, today. Have a satisfying weekend, both of you. And we'll talk to you, uh, to you guys next week. Bye, Rick. Bye, Th Sarah. Thank you. Bye. Bye, Tyler and Steve. There you go. Tyler Moody and uh, uh, Steve Kastenbaum from CNN Radio. All right. Fantastic. Do you think he was really giving him some, like, assessment? I don't know. I, I mean, I think that clearly there is some sort of weird... And do you think Tyler's there all the time? Tyler's probably always listening. No, probably not. Uh, but I do know that they are curious about that, as am I, because every so often we'll just get that... Well, and we don't want to waste anybody's time. No, and Jim, I don't know. They just—I'm up at the front desk, man. I don't know why the phone landed up here. You know, so I—yeah, it's all very tricky. Okay. Hello, Tim Riley. Have you news for us? Yes. <laughs> I like your efficiency. That's what I like. Uh, all right. Somebody has noted, by the way, earlier when I was describing the young man who was getting his uh, tuxedo that uh, they were when I said cradle of death. Somebody's noted the band is cradle of filth. Um. Rick Emerson regrets the error. All right. Um, I could have made a Celtic Frost reference. Would that satisfy you, purist bastards? All right. Uh, uh, do we have... Oh, uh, one thing to get to. Boy, today's show is already just... Yeah, do you, you want to take a breath? Yeah. All right. Uh, by the way, you should uh, speak loudly when Richie answers the phone and carry a big stick, because uh, he's incredibly... He, in fact, still reeks of booze today. Well, I need to find out. Do you know what he did last night? He didn't tell me. Would you like to find out? No. I know no, a way to say I wouldn't it. like to find out. Right here. Yeah. No. Hello, Richie Bristol. Hello. Hi, how are you doing? Yeah. By the way, before, and I know you're uh, playing through the pain today. So Richie used um, Richie used a crudity to describe uh, this week because I said, hey, did you have big plans last night? He goes, well, I kind of, I think there is a term in, um, I think there is a, there is a, there's a term that they use in uh, weaponry in terms of guns. Uh -huh. When you have the wadding and uh -huh. then you have the, the gunpowder or the shot or whatever. And there's that term, but Rich, Richie was trying to use, you know, the, the, the term, the wad term. He was trying to use that, but, but you, you used, like, I think a, I think you used an unacceptable a variation on that phrase when he said, well, I kind of blanked my blank on Tuesday. So, and it, I don't think it was what you were trying to say. Oh, but, but, ew, well, it could have been. Yeah, that, well, that is true. Given his night and his location. 
I have bags under my eyes. <laughs> yeah. I'm getting headshots today. Aren't you, aren't you excited that today's staff picture day? Photo day. Oh, man. And you're wearing your Mark Echo what are you clothing. We- what are you wearing? What? Yeah, he's wearing his Echo Unlimited. Oh, uh, Echo wear. I don't, think that's, uh, I don't think that's what you meant to wear today. Oh, no. Yeah. Is that what you're going to wear for your How picture? How bad are you feeling today? I'm actually tuckered. What did you do? Not much, but I mean... But is it catching up to you? Is it, is it the cumulative week? Yeah, I mean, I've stayed up playing, what is it, GTA 4 until yeah. like 4. Of course you did. And uh, well, were what you, did you do were before you, that? Were you uh, drinking? I watched Iron Man last night. Oh, was it good? What's went to Doug Fur. Yeah, it's really good. All right. But you, did, you said you didn't drink a whole lot, which is, I mean... What did you do at the Doug Fur? No, but Rick had me here at 8.30 this morning. That is true. He did have to be here at 8.30 this morning to start filming this video that we were doing upstairs. Uh, so wait, so let me... I was just to... sleeping at 8.30 this morning. Wait, oh, so... man. So you played Grand Theft Auto till when? Floor. And then you had to be here at 8.30. I see. I didn't even put it together. That's why you were so tired. Yeah, but I was the night before, too, except I oh, drank and drive that night. You really... On GTA 4, of course. Okay. Oh, God. I was okay. drinking and I was playing GTA okay. 4 and going... <laughs> you got to think about <laughs> you got to be very careful. Oh, okay. Attention less moon vest. This um, is in the... Let's get you in a station vehicle right now. You are a role model for children. Uh-huh. Oh, great. Uh, <laughs> so, so you are going on less than four hours of sleep right now. Yeah, sure. Yeah, that's fantastic. All right. So what did uh, so did you go to the duck uh, fur for dinner? Uh, no, because did you go I the pimp squad? I went to the movie. Well, I went to Taco Bell right before the movie because when I cra- of grab a big bite, so I ate you know Taco Bell food. Then I went in. I got popcorn, uh, gummy bears, sour patch kids. How much money did you spend there? I don't know. I spent twenty just on candy. <laughs> It's my birthday. No, I mean, happy birthday to you. I'm just saying I don't think I could eat all this stuff if I tried. It lasted longer than a lap dance. <laughs> wow. Okay. Uh, but I ate it all. And, oh. a bucket of, and a bucket of popcorn. <laughs> and then I go over to my, you know, meet my friends. They're like, here, take a shot of Jaeger. Like, oh, no, I couldn't. great mixture. Yeah. Oh, God, did you barf it all up? I wanted to. But you didn't? You were a man. You held it in? Yeah. For you. Oh, you're hesitating, did you? Yeah. I it was coming up. Really? You know when you get that burning <laughs> sensation down your throat? Well, it's you know what it is, not to be gross, but you know what it is, it's when you get that watery feeling in your mouth. Mm. You get the, it's like you just swallowed a bunch of pennies. Yeah. It's that coppery water feeling oh. in your mouth, you're like, Oh no, oh, oh you know, and then I next thing you know, gritty teeth. Yeah. Oh great. All right. I'm... Don't think about it. <laughs> Would you like some raw pork? Oh, I'm just trying to help. You don't want me. To All right, do. so you. Uh, but how bad on a scale of one to ten? One being you feel fine, ten being you wish you were dead. How bad do you feel? Uh, eight and a half. Really? Yeah, it's pretty. This is. I don't know. That's impressive. I'm amazed that you feel this bad with very little drinking. That's almost a, an accomplishment. Well, usually way. I get to come in at ten thirty. I can that stroll is... in right before the show. I'm okay. But well, that's and I, it you just, cut it three hours short. Well, doesn't it seem like those things always just like it is always the day when you desperately more than anything want to sleep in mm-hmm. or 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 you know it's a weekend you don't want to go anywhere that's always that it don't forget you've got those three appointments the first one's at 7 a.m the next one's at 11 and then you got to be at that place at two and that's going to last all for the rest of the night and you're just like oh, i just want to sleep <laughs> don't, don't. and then when the alarm clock rings and you just cry you know you just i don't know <laughs> and then you had to be here with our uh insanity and nonsense upstairs and Jesus, it was just a whole, it was a whole cluster, but uh, everything is done. All right, Richie, well, well done. Way to play through the pain. All right. All right, go, go, go turn off the lights and sit in the dark room for a while. Okay, bye. All right. Let's take a break. Come back. Tim Riley around the corner uh, from the Ministry of Truth. Oh, well, later on, I've got exciting news. It's not that exciting. It's kind of exciting. Uh, Sarah will be interested in it. 
Turn it face down. Uh, we got that. Top five songs about transvestites. Scott Daly, Dorothy Carcassari, and James Roop. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Rick Emerson radio program. By the way, adding to the confusion of the last segment is when during the break I asked Richie who was on hold, and it was Steve Kastenbaum and Tyler Moody. But he didn't say that. He goes, who's on line six? Steve and Tyler. So you can understand why I might have been perplexed. Really? Hello, little dude. All right. Uh, sure it's not live? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the Ministry of Truth, your personal savior. Time for the Rick Emerson Noon News Hour from AM 970 Solid State Radio. And now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. Well, this election thing is getting more and more exciting, but first, let's do the normal stabbing in Southeast news and get it over with. <laughs> A man was stabbed to death after reporting several people fighting in the streets. This happened at Southeast 83rd, so they moved up one from 82nd. Uh, Southeast 83rd and Southeast Label. When police arrived, they saw an injured man lying in the street. They called the paramedics, but the man was uh, dead. A second person was uh, taken to the hospital. That person expected to survive to fight again. Officials detained uh, several individuals and contacted homicide detectives to conduct an investigation. So lots of people fighting on... 83rd. Yes. And there's not enough room on 82nd. No, of course, spilling over now. It's the slow expansion. It's like a reverse, um, it's, uh, it's like a reverse, uh, upscaling or whatever that word is. I don't know. The, 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 uh, the downscaling has begun to spread towards my neighborhood. So thanks. Thanks so much. Oh, I, I can't forget that today's visit sponsored by our good friends of course. Fox 12 Oregon. Have you sampled the new Fox 12 News Oregon News at 4? Yes. Why, it's wonderful. First, live local on the scene. Stories you won't see anywhere else. That's the brand new 4 o'clock news from our good friends at Fox 12 Oregon. God first, bless them. First, live local. All right. They bring you today's little visit. Oh, remember the Vancouver woman who bit her son when she was driving drunk, picks up the phone to call 911 to report his mom. She grabs the phone, takes it away from him, and bites him. Well, now that woman has been found guilty of assault for biting her son while she was driving drunk. Uh, Lynette Spears is her name. Of course it is. Her name is Lynn Spears, really? Mm-hmm. Wait, let me understand that she's a bad mother named Lynn Spears. Her name is Paulette Lynette Spears. It's hard to believe, Tim. She's been ordered to avoid contact with her children until she gets little visits from the, uh, the Child Protective Services. Uh-huh. The DUI charge was deferred on the condition that she get alcohol treatment. And now she's been sentenced to work on a work crew, whatever that means. A Vancouver work gang or a chain gang. Do or they whatever. do chain gangs? <gasps> they, they should. totally bring that back. Steve Novick, I'm looking at you. We there should, there no, was a work crew, could... a jail work crew across from us yesterday. Really? I think we should mm-hmm. sponsor one. We should. Oh, you, we you know could know get advertising. Highways, yeah, certain hi- the, uh, clean up on this uh, highway is sponsored by, well, this chain gang can be sponsored by us. And on the back where it says, like, Department of Corrections or, or you know, like, the, 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 the Oregon State Prison or whatever, it can just say, like, Oregon State Prison and Rick Emerson Show underneath yeah. there. That's fantastic. That's a great idea. Mm-hmm. Reverse gentrification. That's the word I was looking for. Where 82nd is now no longer big enough to hold all of the crime. Mm-hmm. And so it's spilling over. And that's, and the intersection of 82nd and it's, it is Flavel. Is that how you... What is that? Is it Flavel? 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 I thought it was Flavel. Fla, Flavin. Is that a French name? Uh, it's a Flavin. Uh, 
But that is a, that's one of the areas where my truck was found. One of the many times that my truck was stolen, 82nd and Flavelle is one of the places where well, they Well, maybe they argue who's going to steal your truck next. <laughs> I called dibs on that then, Forerunner. All right. <laughs> uh, Jen, go get me a coat hanger. I'm a fixer to steal it. Jesus. Yeah, they're just throwing that over that whole place. So if you're driving down uh, the 26th this morning on Sylvan, you would have seen Barack Obama's motorcade around uh, 9.30 or so. He spoke at the factory over there, and uh, he's t- talking about the economy today. He says, for most Americans, the dream feels like it's slipping away. People really share a faith in simple dreams. Uh, a job with wages that can support a family, uh, health care that we can count on, that we can afford, uh, a retirement of security and dignity, education and opportunity for Crazy our kids. Talk. So he says he and John McCain differ on their approach to taxes. We have a difference on taxes. John McCain wants to continue George Bush's tax cuts for the wealthiest Americans. I want to give tax cuts to working people. So Obama wants uh, reform health care, he said. I think it's time to finally make health care affordable and accessible to every American. We need to bring the American people together and pass a plan that lowers every family's premiums and gives every uninsured American the same kind of health insurance that I enjoy as a member of Congress. See, I like the fact that he at least addresses the fact that he has health insurance. Because so often these jackass politicians go, the health care system is fine. And, of course, it's fine to them because they're all covered. Right, they have no idea. Yeah, they just have no... They, and I have always said this. This is one of my truly great ideas. And I don't mean great in the, I don't mean great as code for retarded. But I mean a truly great idea is that I firmly believe that uh, members of the Senate and House of Representatives, Congress people and the President, ought to... Um, have to use for their sole health care maintenance, they should have to use a health care coverage plan that is equivalent to what the average American, as determined by uh, insurance companies and st- statisticians, you should have to take a snapshot of America, so there's 280 million people, you average out the average American's health care, whether it's some, none, a lot, whatever. You figure out what the average American has, and then that should have to be what Congress people and the president have. Mm-hmm. They, I mean, there is no way to – their health care needs to be directly tied to the health care of the average American. Otherwise, they're never going to fix it. So at least he was, you know, like manned up and said, like, I'm covered. I'm taken care of. By the way, somebody who I, I guess maybe we won't use his name um, – a deputy from the Multnomah County Sheriff's Office has emailed me to say, and hello, sir, has said to say Multnomah, uh, Multnomah County has jail work crews. Yes, so apparently they were working near the station yesterday. Yep, just some yesterday. I saw a bunch of jumpsuits and everything. Kind of, is that going to freak you out? Mm-hmm. Like they're going to, you know, like they might have, look, a woman! And they're just immediately going to... Oh, no, not in that <laughs> they, They'll run for the car. So I'm just saying, try not to think about that. Here's Tim Riley. Meanwhile, Obama took the lead in superdelegates early today when Oregon Representative Peter DeFazio switched his superdelegate vote, and a New Jersey superdelegate switched his vote from Clinton to Obama. So that gives Obama a two-vote edge over him going into the Oregon primary, which is May 20th. Every time you hear the name DeFazio, though, don't you picture Laverne? I was, well, see, I was, I was going to go a different way. When you say DeFazio, I just pictured like a big, a big Muppet bear going, Hello! You know, <laughs> I was thinking Laverne DeFazio and her dad were in the pizza joint. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, either of those is acceptable. So, right, fantastic. Come on. All right. It's Tim Riley. So, here comes the best part of all for all you Obama fans. Not long after the polls close, on the May 20th Oregon primary, Barack Obama plans to declare victory in his bid for the Democratic presidential nomination Good if that you. happens. Well done. So, apparently, it could be a train wreck waiting to happen for somebody. Uh, of course. And by somebody, you mean Hillary Clinton. Perhaps. Well, because he's, because there's no way, I mean, 
I can't fathom Obama not winning Oregon. Mm-hmm. I mean, as much as I as much as I root for disaster for everybody all around, uh, I mean, he'll win this place in a walk. I mean, there's just, there's just no. I mean, regardless of what the outlying areas, and by outlying areas, I mean sort of hick nether regions of this state, which we all know are there. Uh, we we all. Oh. We, I mean, you don't have to go too far from where I live, even. I mean, you drive you drive just a couple miles in either direction. The, 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 it's like the demographic in the tooth count lowers <laughs> as you head closer into the countryside. I mean, you know, when it, when you first start driving, you know, like when you first start driving east or south. Uh, at first, the banjo plucking is just from over the hills and far away. But eventually, it's, you know, you're right there on the porch step. The use of soap gets a little lower. <laughs> um, so even given the uh, rustic demographic that some of the outlying areas of the state have, mm-hmm. I mean, Portland is, I mean, i got to imagine, although we said the same thing in 2004 and it didn't happen, that i got to imagine that the, uh, you know, the, the energized vote in Portland is going to be so substantial and it's going to be so progressive that Obama will just win in a walk. I, I, it will really blow my mind if he doesn't win. So, so I'm looking forward to our exciting election night coverage. We will have I it. No, no, no. We will have the coverage that only this station can provide. Yes. Well, it's just in the planning stages now. I do have to take a moment here to observe that Sarah Dillon appears to have tied her dog's ears in a knot. <laughs> the production guy next door is messing with him through the window. That's why he's Oh, growling. I said that why Muppet's growling? Yeah. All right. Okay. Is that what that guy does in there? I have no idea who he is. Uh, yes. No, he's one of our many fine production people. All right. So, uh, so anyway, if you're curious, uh, let's see, Obama's schedule for the rest. He already spoke in Beaverton, so he's gone. And now he's going to Albany. And then he's going to a bowling alley, too. Really? Well, that's what the common people do. They bowl. Mm-hmm. And then he's going to Bend tomorrow. Okay, Hillary... Uh, apparently there was some feeling that she may want to ride the tram this morning, and they changed their minds because she was speaking at Dornbecker. Oh, not the Max, but the tram. I think yeah, you're talking the about the Max. For no, some no, no, reason. no, the tram. Because the Max is what Chelsea rode. I right? guess so. She rode Chelsea. There was a. We, I we, never saw any evidence of it, but apparently it's, uh, it's, it's an urban legend. She's taking a lot of time up from out of her from her gay clubbing uh, to ride the Max. Well, she's going to be visiting a lesbian bar this weekend. Here. Is that true? Do we know that that's true? Well, I read that somewhere. Do we know? I shouldn't say. Well, I guess we should. How many lesbian for... bars are there here? I just know of the Egyptian. I know that's the Egyptian. It. That's it. And that might be the only one. So hang around there if you want to see her. I'm totally putting on a wig. I'm going to totally go put on a wig and a house dress. Go uh, hang out of the evening. You, you, you know what? There's boxes downtown too. I don't think that's a lesbian bar though. Is that is that both? What and well, there's and I don't really. I'm I'm wading into waters here, which I'm a little uncertain. I don't know. There are like two clubs down there that are connected. Is that one by Amber's. No, no, no. I don't even know. By what the I'm old Amber's, about, no. yeah. All right. Well, whatever. Anyway, so uh, so the rumor is that Chelsea Clinton will be at a lesbian bar this weekend. So <laughs> uh, let's see. But so then Hillary, they were going to have her ride the tram. Well, I, apparently there was some feeling that she might want to ride it, but they said no. And uh, so after she's done here, and let's see, she's, she was having a roundtable discussion at OHSU, and then she goes, well, I wish I had Hillary's schedule, but nobody from Hillary's <laughs> campaign will contact it's me. It's stopped being updated. It's like the fabulous Sports Babes webpage. Yeah. Just <laughs> under construction. You know, or, I, I have never... If you people want coverage of Hillary Clinton, you better send me something and let me know where she's going. I have no idea. Especially because of the, the and I'm not going to go digging. I'm just too damn busy. No, and the website is useless, as we discovered yesterday. There's just nothing there. Yeah. According to the website yesterday, she's going to be in Salem. Hooray. So who's her press person here? <laughs> who's in charge of communicating with the media? Have There's... you given up? <laughs> yes. The answer is yes, Tim. Uh, You'll yep. notice our, our, cover, our coverage is fairly unbalanced because you're not doing anything to help me balance it out. You must do the work for us. 
And I, you would think they would learn this. Isn't that the first rule of, I mean, we've all taken either uh, classes in this or just written press releases. The first rule of a press release is assume that the journalist to whom you are communicating is lazy and doesn't want to write it himself. Do the journalist's work for them. Or at least initially, yeah. contact the people who are on the air in the city in which you are working. Um, we should, uh, I, I'm, it's tempting just to call the Hillary Clinton uh, campaign headquarters, which is downtown, and just like, what gives? Like, where is she? So why don't you ever send us anything? You, Barack Obama bugs me every five minutes. <laughs> I mean, I, oh, you know, this is an interesting thing, actually, now that you mention it, because first of all, it's not just uh, us. You know, Susan Reynolds gets barraged by the Barack Obama people, too, like every 90 seconds. There's something. And Obama for America. Read this now. Uh, Which is fine. The squeaky wheel gets the grease every time. <laughs> that is true. And the votes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. But but for a while, I was getting a lot of stuff from the Barack Obama, Obama campaign and then from the Hillary Clinton campaign as well. But now that you mention it, I've stopped getting updates from the Hillary people. I've never gotten anything from Hillary. <laughs> it's like the cask of Amontillado, you know, just... And then eventually there was no scratching at all. This isn't some small company. I believe everybody knows what CBS stands for, do they? <laughs> yes, they do. Um, all right. Well... It's it, not my problem, really. No, it's it no, it's not. And as of May 22nd, it's not going to be anybody's problem. Okay. So is that the, so? He's not going to be here though uh, we, uh, after uh, for the Oregon primary. He might be. I don't have. The oh, how righteous would that be if he was just? And I haven't seen this. Have you seen the video of him walking through the Capitol yesterday? Yeah, probably. I didn't see it a second. And Nate Baker, who was who was here this morning, helping us uh, film something for the listener party. Um, Nate, we were. We were he was he was admiring the Barack Obama shirt, which hangs in our studio. Um, and so, by the way, I'm going to use this shirt as evidence that when when Obama eventually wins, I'm going to use this as evidence that I was behind him all the way. No, 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 I was always firmly in Barack Obama. I think this shirt says it all. So, um, but I was talking to Nate, and Nate said, "Hey, did you see that video of Barack Obama walking to the Capitol yesterday?" And I said, "No." And um, and they, this, this is this is Nate, by the way, who said this. This is Nate's estimation of the situation. He goes, he goes, dude. He was walking like, he was walking like, like, what did he say? Was he the Mac? Something like that. He was, dude, he was just macking it. He was walking like he was, and apparently he just had the full on, like, I am the man walk. Mm-hmm. I mean, he just had, like, the, uh, he just had the, uh, I have now been, like, I think he just knows, right? Uh, he must just, he must sense it. Like, he must just, if everybody else... Well, the, well, it's a numbers game, and the numbers are obvious at this point. I mean, I think everybody but Hillary Clinton has gotten uh, the memo. And I think Hillary Clinton's probably gotten the memo, but they've just... You know what it is? No, no, it, it, it's it's the old Democratic Party that's totally separated from the new Democratic Party, yeah. which everyone signed up to be part of. Nobody... People left in droves at old Democratic oh, Party. Oh, yeah, there yeah. A few people left. So I think he said that, that, that Obama was like in full, like, Mac patrol when he was just walking through the Capitol like, Yes, it is I. I am Barack Obama. I am your God now. And so he was walking through. And when I say that it's, that it's something like that, that they didn't get the memo, you know what it is with the Hillary Clinton campaign? They've gotten the memo. They've just chosen not to. It's like when you get a bill in the mail, and you kind of go, man, I don't know. It's Friday. I don't want to ruin the weekend. I'll open this on Monday. And you, just, <laughs> you put it underneath You put it underneath uh, some old newspapers right. in the kitchen. People you know? always want to ruin your weekend, so they'll send you something ghastly on Friday. Final do. notice! You know, and you're just like, no, I'll read it next week. Uh, I'll read it after payday. That's exactly what it is. Hillary Clinton keeps opening her mail. What is this? Hillary Clinton, your campaign. Third notice. Read now. And she's just... No, I'll read it later. And she just, you know, puts it underneath the coffee table. Doesn't even bother to look at it. Good for you, Hillary Clinton. Thanks for keeping in touch. <laughs> we appreciate it. All right, right when you find work, here's uh, Tim Riley. So anyway, a uh, lady who they say fell off a horse. 
was actually a murder of her husband. There was an old lady like who that. fell off oh. a horse. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yes. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was gonna there make was a... an old lady who fell off a horse. And into a knife. Well, the 53-year-old woman who died after falling from a horse was likely murdered by a husband. Officials serving a search warrant at the couple's Idaho home uh, said that uh, Mark Newby apparently died of a self-inflicted gunshot wound. It was reported last month that 53-year-old Sue Newby and her husband were riding near a cliff. Sunumi? Sunubi. Oh, Sunubi. Oh, okay, all right. I know, that is kind of a... She shouldn't have chosen that last No. Sunubi. <laughs> well, she was riding her horse near a cliff, and you know what happened. She yes. fell off the cliff. She died at the scene, but officials say it was apparently never an accident. It was made to look that way. How would they know that, though? A horse did... riding next to a cliff. Yeah, I mean, but how would you even determine... Was it just the horses and the, and the, the couple? I don't know. How would you know? It said, we would have charged... Mark Newby with the death of his wife, Sue, for pushing her off a cliff. Many pieces of the puzzle didn't fit, so they began investigating and found what they called a lot of complicated circumstantial evidence. Uh, Jim Barker, a neighbor of the Newbies, said the couple had talked to him about going riding with them, but the horse ride never happened. He knows the area in the foothills where she fell to her death. He was suspicious from the start. Uh, police said Newby went to another woman when he was having an intimate relationship with her and told her about his wife's death. When this woman uh, commented how upset he was, he apparently said he wasn't especially upset. Authorities were very suspicious about the financial arrangements a Newby made before his wife's death, and the sheriff said his behavior after his wife's death. Uh, Let's uh, continue to investigate. So this is, okay, but he hasn't been charged? Well, he's dead. He can't be charged now. Oh, wait, he's dead? He, he shot himself. Oh, I missed that part somehow. Mm. Oh, okay, so wait, so let me understand this. So She goes riding the horse, falls off a cliff. She's riding the horse, she falls off the cliff, he inherits lots of money. And then he uh, apparently kills him. Then the man begins to look into, the man begins to look into him and then he kills Died himself. Died of a self-inflicted gunshot wound. All right, then. Okay, because... That was all a waste, really. Seriously. I mean, I mean why push your wife off a cliff and you're going to kill yourself? Just kill yourself and let your wife <laughs> ride a horse on a cliff. I mean, she's not going to fall off. What kind of a, what kind of a buzzkill are you, sir? So, I mean, really, that's a that's being a bit of a killjoy. I mean, if you know Idaho, if you know at the end of the road you're just going to be putting a muzzle in your mouth, I mean, why don't you just like live and let live and let die, sir? Well, all right. Well, what can you do? So the moral is, well, some people have too much time on their hands. <laughs> I suppose. All right. What should I do no, today? Television? To, suicide? The speed your broadband? <laughs> you more than likely would have not planned that. It is true. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hey, Rick, I got my first Hillary Clinton call um, last night, and I suspect this is why they're not contacting Tim Riley. The phone rang, and I saw the, on the caller ID, you know, Hillary Clinton campaign, whatever, yada, yada. Pick up the phone, and there's that long pause, so I'm waiting for the robocall to kick in. Uh-huh. And instead I hear, hello? I say, hello? Hello? And it's obviously some grandma sitting in a room somewhere smoking a cigarette, drinking a cup of coffee, playing mahjong tiles. Uh, this is the Hillary Clinton campaign calling to make sure we'll have your support. <laughs> Clearly oh. disinterested in her job, sitting there playing Minesweeper while she talks to you. So anyway, yeah, go vote and stuff. Yeah, exactly. But it was it was clearly that they had just, they they were, they had set up a bingo hall somewhere. And <laughs> <laughs> to get in and play bingo, you must make these campaign phone calls. That's fantastic. If you, really, if you'd like to win a Beanie Baby, you must make 10,000 Hillary Clinton calls <laughs> exactly tonight. It. Jesus. All yeah. right. Thank you for the heads up, sir. Yeah, you bet. Live back. All right. Uh, we got somebody else here who says, um, 
I get calls from the Clinton and Obama campaigns both. I got a phone message from Chelsea Clinton yesterday. Uh, at the lesbian bar. Anyway, so I'll be wearing something slinky. Anyway, thought that would entertain you. Yes, it does. Um, okay, I'm not here. Let me be very clear about this. I'm not going to go to the lesbian bar to try to find Hillary Clinton because that would just be weird. Uh, but, but, but I mean, I but don't you want to? Because don't you want to see Sarah? You could do this. Because don't you want to see if she looks good in person? Who Hillary Clinton? Chelsea Clinton. Well, I don't really. Chelsea Clinton really is on my radar. I don't really care about her either way. I don't really care about her except that I want to know once and for all if she's good looking. And I just can't tell. Some photos I mean, yes, some photos no. I think she's just normal looking. I mean, I don't think she's really stunning, but I don't think she's really ugly. I don't know. It's a, I'm, I'm just so kind of somewhere in between. I, I mean, Hillary was was no ravishing beauty in her younger days. She had those giant glasses. Remember, you couldn't even see her face. It, well, you know what she looked like. As as don't you get the feeling that there was a period of time where every woman in the '70s looked like Gloria Steinem? Yeah, I mean, if you look at the front of, uh, well, you, it is true. Yeah, I mean, if you look at the cover, aside of, from Mary Tyler Moore, whatever that, uh, whatever that Gloria Steinem book is, the one, that one Gloria Steinem book where she's just, she's a shrill man-hating harpy, uh, but she's got, yeah, it's like the straight Manson girl hair and like huge tinted like plasticky glasses, sort mm-hmm. of like the kind that Sarah makes work. Gloria Steinem did not make them work, and that's exactly what Chelsea Clinton looked like, or uh, Hillary Clinton looked like, sort of back in wherever, and she met Bill Clinton, and so. I am not speculating because I don't know, but I'm saying that many people who propose all kinds of theories about the Clintons' relationship and what kind of relationship it is, what the reasons were that they got together and have stayed together, I don't know. I'm not saying it, but I do. Um, I will say, though, Bill Clinton, I think everybody agrees, handsome man, seems to have a lot of charisma, loved by the ladies. Um and even then, you can tell that he had a certain sort of magnetism and charm to him. Hillary Clinton, then, not much of a looker. And so you do sort of look at that and go, how did that happen? But, but look at these w- women from around um, 1970. I found this Coke commercial, and they all look really earthy. You can pop this up if you want. Here she comes. There she is. I don't understand. Were there no hair products available in the 70s? Was there a shortage of something? Like, well, mean, when Farrah Fawcett came around, women had bushy hair again. I mean, that's just, I mean, yeah, because it, because she had it sort of teased out in the feather. But before that, it was just like, hi, I'm Squeaky From. And it, they were all, they all just had well, that they're long. They were all high on drugs having wild sex in alleyways. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they were, Tim. Yes, they were. All and right. They are today's Republicans. All right. Stick it to the man and me. Here's Tim Riley. Anyway, an email circulating through inboxes claims police in Oregon have an order to write more tickets to generate revenue. How could they say such a thing? Maybe you received an email that says Portland will launch a 21-day speeding frenzy, and the state of Oregon plans to make a whopping $9 million in speeding tickets. And list where the officers will be staking things out. Uh, Lieutenant Hastings of the OSP says it's not true. Uh, while tickets issued to speeders uh, generate revenue, the plan is to get drivers to comply with the law. There is no directive being given to increase the number of tickets for speeding. So it's a so wait so it's an urban legend or it's not it's not true. Nobody's really saying anything. I just never they're, really they're, know. They're saying it's a lie. But who would be speeding nowadays anyway? I don't really know. I got to use as much gas as possible. Let me floor it in this Escalade. You know the thing that I don't understand. Uh, and it's probably too too big and hairy of a subject to get into now. You know what I always wonder? And this is one of those things that I, I can probably never... It, it might be unknowable. I always wonder if it's true that cops have 
speeding ticket quotas. Like, you always hear that, and it sort of seems plausible, mm-hmm. but, but, but I don't really know if it is. It seems like that would almost be illegal. I would imagine they have to give them something to do, because, I mean, being a police officer isn't like a cop show that you're busy all the time. Oh, sitting around. Sure, you, you have your murders and stabbings on the max on 82nd every night, but between, I mean, daylight hours, there isn't that much going on to do every minute. The other, there has to be some kind of busy work. In the other three quadrants of the city, it's just silence. Right. Um, don't you suppose that being a cop is a lot like... Uh, There's a lot of paperwork involved, I understand. A lot of boredom. And I would imagine that it's being uh, it's like a lot like being in a movie set, where sitting around... Because you think a movie set is really exciting, right? No, 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 I'm going to go to a movie set and watch all the action. There's no action. Well, it's going to be a surreal experience to actually participate in action instead of watching somebody else yeah. take the situation into their own hands. I, I would imagine... when you always hear those stories about the cops. There has to be some you know, uh, head rush involved with it. And pressure to do the right thing. Especially because uh, most cops, you hear that, well, I went 40 years and never even took my weapon out of the holster. So it, so it is the minority of cops who ever have to do that, and I think it's the minority of the minority who ever have to, like, car chase or fire a gun. So, And when it does, wouldn't you imagine that when a cop finally has to, like on those moments when a cop has to do the big action sequence, when a cop has to tackle a guy, shoot at a guy, chase a car... You get no warning. Like, it comes out of nowhere. Yeah. Like, you're just sitting there, and all of a sudden, there's a guy with a gun. Holy crap! And then you got to, you know, and it's just, that's when you're really glad for that cop training, because I wouldn't know what the hell to do. Yeah. Uh, I have heard more cops tell me that the most accurate depiction of police work ever on television was Barney Miller. Uh, because if you remember Barney Miller, what did they do? They sat around doing paperwork all day mm-hmm. and occasionally busting sort of petty or at least not very serious criminals. Uh, it is a hard job because the first thought in your head when you see someone is, well, they seem harmless, don't they? Yeah. They can't hurt anyone. And, and of course, and you. And, I, I wouldn't think like that. Oh, no, of course. And, and, it's, and I've told the story before. I got pulled over. Now everybody's a no good creep. Don't prove another one. <laughs> That's exactly it. Uh, when I got, I think it was outside of Seattle, I got pulled this years ago now. Uh, I was probably 18. I got pulled over. And by the side of the road, I was, just, it was a, I think it was a, the highway trooper, high, you know, state patrol guy or whatever. Um, and I was young and stupid, and I didn't know anything. And it's at night, and the cop uh, pulls me over because I was doing something or other. And, uh, you know, and the cop walks, and he has that, like, click of the heels on the pavement as he's walking up to the window. You know, and he's, all right, Sonny Jim, let me let me sit, you know, whatever. And like a moron, what do I immediately do? Do I say, pardon me, officer, I, I need to reach slowly into my glove box and pull and up move. my... No, I just... I did that myself once. Yeah, no, without even saying it. All right, I, and I... I go, and I'm trying to be helpful, and of course... We no, know the first thing they think, it's a gun. Oh, yeah. And I don't blame them. No, no, no. You've got to assume everybody's trying to kill you. Yeah. Um, and so, and when you get pulled over, your adrenaline, I mean, you, the driver, when you get pulled over by a cop, you, your adrenaline goes, bam, and you are so twitchy and nervous, and you are so going out of your way. Yeah, you want to get it over with. You're like, I want to tell you I'm doing nothing. So what do I do? I go really quickly. For the glove box. Like, ah, reaching for the glove box. Wrong move. Yeah. Uh, he didn't point it at me, but out came the gun. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the gun was out and sort of like, whatever, like, like, I mean, not at my head, but the gun was out and he was like, don't move, you know, freeze. I'm like, what? <laughs> you know, and he's put your hands on the steering wheel now. And I'm like, oh, God, what have I done? You know, and I just, and, you know, and eventually he just, you know. He said, you know, he figured out that I, I think I was speeding or whatever. And um, I think I think he gave me a ticket and then that was it. But I mean, but he did at the end say, when you are pulled over, do not ever make sudden movements. And he gave me, I think he figured out that I was just young and retarded. Mm. And he was just like, for future reference, son, 
Don't move. Don't make rash gestures. Stay there. Move. If you have to reach into your glove box, let them know and do it slowly. So, I mean, cops really, I mean, it's a tough gig. I mean, it is it. Because, and and here's the other thing about cops, is that it's like, it is the worst mixture of things, right? Because on the one hand, it's boring for, I think, most of the job. It's just not very exciting. But it's boring with just the constant knowledge that at any moment, though, it could become not just exciting, but lethal. So it's sort of like, you know, if you had, like... Like, what if your job was uh, from 9 to 5, you have to sit in a small, darkened filing room, you know, and that's it. What do you do? Well, every day you sit in this filing room. However, you have to do this every day for 20 years, and at some point, uh, you know, uh, scorpions could drop out of the ceiling onto you. So just think about that. I mean, that's it. I mean, it's boredom with the constant knowledge that there, there could be lethal at any moment. Jesus. All right. Well, in any event. Yeah. I don't remember how this started. Fire them in the same way. They don't know what they're going to get themselves into. Oh, God, no. You know, and sometimes it's a cat in a tree, and sometimes it's like, hey, run into that building that's about to collapse yeah. so you can find some lady's goldfish. Jesus. All right, well, we salute you. All right, here's Tim Riley. Attention, Chris Paddock and Sarah X. Dillon. ABC is making up for lost time. Uh, oh. The network has announced it will add one episode to each of its creepy island dramas. Two final seasons bring each season episode. 17 episodes. That's all they make in a season now? 17 episodes? Yeah. Why, whatever happened to the 22? What happened to the 22-episode season? Mm. Was it, it used to be longer than that, even? Oh, yeah. 30-something. Well, you know... Remember, you, they only used to take summers off. That's true. Boy, it's, it's weird how quickly you forget about that stuff. Um, well, you know, like on uh, uh, Showtime and HBO, those are 10-episode seasons. Mm. I mean, uh, uh, Dexter is 12. The Wire was only 10 episodes per season. I mean, it's amazing when you think about it that they're able to do that much in that little time. Or the BBC shows. Whenever they get tired, they just pull the plug and they'll tell you to the last episode. This is our longest-running series ever at 17 episodes. Yeah. Yeah, I was watching an episode of uh, Graham Norton a few months ago before Christmas. He said, see you in the spring. Where are you going? (laughs) (laughs) And and why? How are you doing? Taking two years off for no reason. Uh, Well, it's like you see see those. uh, Every time you see a Britcom for sale in the store... It's yeah. never season by season. It's the whole series. Yeah. Like The Office. You know, you buy the whole series on two discs. That's it. Done. So, which I guess there's something to be said for not overstaying your welcome. You know, because that's why those shows, that's why Faulty Towers or whatever still holds up. Because they only made 12 episodes. Mm-hmm. So, all right. Well, fair enough. Well, first daughter, Jenner Bush, is uh, getting married this weekend. The 26-year-old daughter, she's that old, 26. Uh, she's marrying 29-year-old Henry Hager at the family's ranch in Crawford. Uh, Jamie Burgess from N, uh, NBC's Today Show says she's cashing in on the joyous occasions by selling Jenna Bush wedding souvenirs. Coffee cups, mouse pads, buttons, coasters that you saw on TV. We have some wedding bears. We're having cake and punch for anyone who comes in to get them a piece of cake and some free punch. They're buying in some brush, especially to be cleared after the wedding. All right. Um... <laughs> That's the voice of America's heartland. It reminds, uh, uh, a idi- bear. Reminds me of idiosity. Uh, I've watched it first. Oh wait, so that. you watch it? Yes. So how great is the opening sequence of that? Where like at the dawn of the 21st century, stupid people were breeding relentlessly. Like, IQs 135. Yeah. IQs 88. It's like uh, <laughs> that movie is. You know what? And here's the thing about that movie. It's not a perfect movie. It, it is flawed. But the concept of that movie the concept is, is so great. And there are moments in that movie of pure genius. Mm-hmm. There really are. 
so it, yeah, I'm glad you're watching it because yeah, you can you look at that and you kind of go, yep, yes, he he saw something that we all knew was true. So yeah, I'm glad you're. Oh, by the way, somebody has just sent me Hillary Clinton. It looks to be um, her PowerPoint presentation. So this is somebody has sent me this. And by the way, did you, I don't know if you saw this, uh, Rick, regarding Hillary's unwillingness to admit defeat. Yesterday, and by the way, this should this should really uh, make it clear. I think the people that, that think that we're somehow uh, partisan or biased or whatever, really only we're really only biased for whatever makes us laugh or giggle on any given day. Mm-hmm. So the, the idea that I'm somehow, you know, that Hillary Clinton can still pull it out. No, there will be no pulling out of anything. <laughs> and it should be a source of amusement that we were criticized several months back for not saying anything contrary to Hillary Clinton. Yes, that was true. It's uh, hard to believe that just a few months ago we were cited unfairly. Yes. As we always are. Accused of being uh, accused of being virulently uh, pro uh, Hillary. Uh, regardless, uh, it says regarding Hillary's unwillingness to admit defeat, this is so true. Yesterday I heard somebody refer to Hillary as this is genius. Refer to Hillary as the psycho ex-girlfriend of the Democratic Party. <laughs> I thought that was great. That's compl- why won't you call me back? When you get when you meet somebody, you're supposed to call them. When you say you're going to get together with somebody, I know where you live. You know that's it. Oh, and you're totally. Just, and you're just like I'm not going to answer the phone anymore this week. Isn't that that girl you done? Yeah, that, that bitch is crazy. She keeps calling me all the time. I told her it's over, but she doesn't. Like she doesn't. She doesn't even listen. I'm going to have to change my number or something eventually. So yeah, no, that that really is true. So this is Hillary Clinton's. Um, this is just. I don't think there's any audio with this. It, it doesn't just, matter. It's just the 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 PowerPoint presentation for Hillary's campaign. Hillary Clinton, she wins in the tough districts. Hillary Clinton is the strongest candidate to top the Democratic ticket in tough districts in November. Uh, Hillary, blah, blah, blah. Okay, it's not very interesting, but it's just, it's, but clearly it's a PowerPoint presentation that was sent out to, um, uh, you know, whatever, to the people, to the superdelegates or whatever, who, yeah. It's just, yeah, we're I mean, all hiding at this moment. Uh, who are all hiding and instructing their lackeys to not let Hillary Clinton through when she calls. I mean, that's really what it is. What what should I do? No, no, no. Just send her right to voice. Turn out the lights. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, we I mean, we've all gotten those calls, you know. Where it's like a record rep or it's somebody who who, who uh, you know, uh, uh, and I admire enthusiasm, but uh, th- there have been uh, at certain times people who Maybe came in, talked about they wanted a job or they wanted to do something or other, and you know what? And you kind of say, well, you know what? Um, we'll keep your resume on file, uh, and of course, if anything uh, opens that uh, for which you're qualified, you know, uh, it's possible that HR will give you a call, and uh, you know, we'll take it at then, take it at that point. So until then, you know, uh, best of luck to you, and uh, you know, we'll let you know if anything opens up. Th- thanks so much for coming in. CBS Radio is an equal opportunity employer, and then, but, but you know, but it's just not gonna happen. And then, but, and then they call like every week. Like once a week, and so you know, um, Rick, so and so and so is online. Why not just go do it right to voicemail? Just send it to voicemail. You know, and then and then you go through. And you don't even listen to the message. You have twelve new messages. You know, hey Rick, I came in and I applied for delete. That's it. So that's what Hillary Clinton is doing right now. In any event, here's Tim Riley. I have a great great uh, tip for a weekend show. I do something <laughs> on uh, refurbishing golf balls. <laughs> I think it has national potential. No, no, no. And, Rick, I can't say. Here's the other thing you always hear from people who are pitching you some weekend show that you're never going to air. Uh, they go, and I got, uh, and, they, and it's always. Uh, and we'd like you to be on the show, too. Like, that's a selling point. <laughs> like, like, I want to give up my weekend to come in at 2 o'clock on a Sunday afternoon to be on your show. And, Tim, you'd, you could host it if you really wanted. For free. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. Could I, I haven't gotten any more offers to do free things this week. Just what my life needs at this point. 
the host free programs. <laughs> and they always come in with this lie. Uh, I don't mean to sound like we're picking up. Well, I'm not even really thinking of anything, anybody specific at this point. They not, all pretty not much really. Because they're all like this. Um, but this is the other thing. When somebody's pitching you some weekend show that you're never, ever, ever going to air, and you just know, like five seconds in, you know that it's a bad idea. And they always say the same thing. In addition to wanting you to host it for free, they always then do this. They always go, and uh, I've got... Everyone uh, has a lot of potential. Got some, a lot of potential. And, uh, you know, and, and I two lies that they'll tell you. They'll say... Because I don't mean to make it sound like this is rocket surgery, but, I mean, it's not, I mean, you know, there is a certain, as they say in business, skill set required for this job. Um, and just because your mom or girlfriend say that you are funny, that does not mean that you are. Uh, and just because you and just because you once were a DJ for three weeks somewhere does not mean that you can fill two hours of time. I'm not trying to be a dick about it. It's just not something everybody could do. And but you'll get people up there pitching you the weekend show, and the two things they would say is, well, and you know, I can talk, uh, you know, about anything. I can just talk for forever. You know, I, uh, you know, I got a real gift of gab. That's what I have. And the and the second thing they say is, and uh, I'm right now, uh, you know, I can't uh, give you, you, you know, specifics, but I, I got some uh, some real some big name advertisers that I'm talking to, some people who are. Uh, this is a thing we can get sponsored. Re I can think off the top of my head, Rick of. Uh, Probably four or five businesses that would really want to uh, advertise in the show that wouldn't reach, reach this audience. It's just never true. And I think the 6 a.m. slot is the greatest <laughs> thing that happened to me. I'm sure we'll do very well with it. Uh, and, and a lot of those, they also start with this phrase. A lot of them also start with, uh, well, I, you know, I used to, I'd, I'd done some radio myself. That's the other thing. And you, really? Recently? Was it this decade? I think I'd be really funny on the radio. <laughs> no. God, I hate that. It's always so awkward. I, uh, on, on one of the, the many weekend shows I've, I've been stuck with co-hosting <laughs> in my past, my favorite one was the guy who, who said to me bluntly, so it isn't anything special I'm here, is it? And I go, no. <laughs> well, at least you were refreshingly honest with him, Tim. The only uh. thing that's important is you pay your bills. <laughs> For buying this little bit of downtime <laughs> that nobody is listening to. And the fact um, that I have to sit here because the management doesn't trust you to be here alone. That's also it's true. Not because I want to be here. <laughs> and they're paying me very well to sit here and babysit you. Let's not confuse our presence in the studio together as some sort of indication that I like you. So because... it's uh, nothing special that I'm here, huh? No. No, it's not. It isn't. There'll be another after you, sir. You, you will be gone in three months, replaced by someone else. Uh, all right. You just recycle the bumper music and retitle it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. That's a good time to break. I'll uh, we'll be back after this. Uh, more of Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth coming up. Uh, later on, we'll talk to uh, Scott Daly, uh, Dorothy Carcesari from the National Enquirer, James Roop. Uh, the top five songs about transvestites. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show. Don't go anywhere. the Rick Emerson radio program. It's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. Coming up later on, uh, Scott Daly will be here to review the movie Speed Racer. Uh, we'll talk to Jim Roop from Los Angeles and also Dorothy Carcassari uh, from the National Enquirer. All that, uh, plus the top five songs about transvestites. Uh, all right, ladies and gentlemen, the Ministry of Truth, Tim Riley now. Well, all right. Well, I had something new here. But first, let me tell you 
Now, today's show co-anchor Matt Lauer is treating his previous on-air encounter with Tom Cruise as water under the bridge. The TV personality who Cruise called glib while discussing psychiatric medicine with him in an interview in 2005. Wow, that was three years ago. Uh, said at last night's Time, 100 Most Influential People in the World event in New York, he has uh, no resentment whatsoever. I don't think he needs to apologize. I, I, I don't feel there are any hard feelings. It was an interview. It was a good moment on television. Doors open. I hope he comes back and sees you know, Matt Lauer says that because he knows it's never going to happen. That's the thing. That's the great sort of, like, you can afford to be uh, sort of gracious when you're Matt Lauer and clearly Tom Cruise was the crazy one. Mm-hmm. Was that the one where Tom Cruise was doing that? You don't know the history of psychiatry, Matt Lauer. I yeah. do. Yeah. yeah. That was a whole, that was a bad streak for Tom Cruise because he had the Matt Lauer thing. And wasn't that the thing where he made Brooke Shields cry by yelling at her about, your postpartum is all in your head. Quit being crazy. Yeah, uh, and the idea of Tom Cruise telling somebody else to quit being crazy, and then he had, that was the same year as the great couch jumping, wasn't it? It was. God, Tom Cruise, what is wrong with you? He's given us so much. He really has. But you know what? But like Britney Spears, he gives, and then he starts withholding. You know, he cuts us off. So, all right, F him. That's what we all say. Yes, so say we all. The District of Columbia has joined Virginia, Maryland, and 47 other states in an agreement with the Facebook. That's the social networking site for the kids. They want to do more to protect children from predators and inappropriate conduct. Predator. Facebook user Sarah uh, says it's time for some extra vigilance. Younger kids that are on there, you know, 14, 15-year-olds, aren't necessarily as responsible as they should be, and they don't, they don't necessarily know to look out for predators and things like that. Got to protect them from Bernie Ward. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Is that too soon? <laughs> a lot of people don't know about that. No, it, the whole thing just depresses me. I, yeah, uh, it's just a big buzzkill for me. The, uh... Bernie Ward, who is a uh, Bernie Ward, who is a uh, the talk show host in uh, in Sanford, in San Francisco with his San Francisco values at KGO, is a long time uh, a long time favorite talk show host in San Francisco. Uh, got busted for uh, some and a former priest, by the way. Yeah. Which so I guess it should surprise no one. Got busted for some lewd and lascivious images. Uh, I guess last year or something. I saw that. I guess he's finally going to jail for that. So anyway. Uh, all right, it's uh, 503-733-2970. This is Tim Riley. Well, listen to this. It's, uh, does anyone here, in here have a mother? I think you both do, don't you? Yes, yes, we both yes, have yes. mothers. All right, well, uh, Mother's Day is second only to Valentine's Day in candy sales. Uh, Julie Hinton of Luxury Chocolates of Tennessee says you can't go wrong by buying Mom a box of candy on her special day. I've heard several moms in the past few weeks dropping very, very obvious hints while they've been here (laughs) to their spouses or children, telling them they will be bringing them chocolate for Mother's Day. Now, buy your mom some chocolates. I'm sorry. Let's, um... Yeah, so... I'm Something sorry, else going on in here? No, nah, there's a whole thing. There's a whole thing going on. Um, so, can you, um... Yeah, can you go yeah. to talk to Reggie? I'm sorry. There's just a little bit of a snafu happening here, Tim. I'm sorry. No, I'll wait. Normally, I try to keep your hands your hands free of such things. No, that's fine. Yeah, there's a, there's a little bit of a, a little bit of a scheduling thing happening here. I try to I try to keep you must free. So okay, so don't buy mom chocolates or do buy mom. Chocolates? Uh, do buy them because uh, moms like chocolates. Do they really? A lot. All yes, right. more than anything I hear. More more than anything, more than more than my love or phone calls even. Yes. All right. Well, fantastic. So I'll do that and then I won't. The, the thing about it is you do that and then it's like I said it and forget it. You buy you buy chocolates and then you can just be a neglectful son for another three months. You've purchased your way out of familial obligations for the next 90 days. All right. And Mother's Day is when? Sunday, I Sunday. believe, isn't it? See, but I didn't know because I'm a terrible son. 
And I'm an awful person. So I didn't know either, actually. Uh, I didn't know until Susan came into my office and very pointedly circled Mother's Day on the calendar like in a big black Sharpie, going, It's Sunday! Be there! All right, here's Tim Riley. So don't forget. Don't forget. A uh, female Massachusetts state trooper is under investigation for two questionable stops and search incidents. A 34-year-old nurse who says she was stopped by Trooper Allison Powell filed a complaint saying she inappropriately patted down. Uh, was inappropriately patted down by this uh, woman. Attorney Brian Kunha says the 18-year-old female client was pulled over by the trooper for a faulty headlight. And then begins questioning the four teenagers and then makes the decision to conduct a strip search of an 18-year-old girl on the side of the road. And that was that, I guess. And so this is a female cop patting down teenagers? Teenage girls. All right, yeah, you don't want to do that. You no. don't. Uh, I've just uh, so here's what was happening just a second ago. Just so you know, I didn't want to say it with 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 the guest on hold. So uh, we're gonna have a, just a, a real brief uh, conversation, a little brief chat next hour with an author a lot of you guys know named Steve Alton, uh, most famous for a series of books. Uh, started the first book was called Meg, and then he one called The Trench. And uh, and it's a series of books that are all sort of based around the megalodon, which is this hundred foot great white shark, which did really exist at one point, is speculated by some to still exist. So he writes these sort of sci-fi kind of thriller novels uh, about this hundred foot shark. Anyway, uh, but he's got this new book out, and I wanted to grab a couple minutes with him because I know there's a lot of people in the audience who are new, and I'm a fan. And I have written down here, 145. He got a little confused. He's on the East Coast. Oh, see, there you go. Yeah. Okay. So right. he said he said 145 won't be a problem. Yeah, so 145, and I looked down, and, and I saw Richie put on the screen, Steve Alton is on hold, 1245, ready to talk now. He kept, he kept calling him Steve from CNN. I'm like, Richie, not on It's not from CNN. He's an author. It's, it's oh, is that mil- the confusion? So millions of books. Well, and he's calling an hour earlier. He's not supposed to call well, an hour. Well, he can come on if he wants to. But, I, well, but, but he's on hold. But it's that awkward thing where when somebody is on hold, they can hear everything we're saying. Oh, so as he's on, I want to go. The stupid author called an hour or learn to read a clock. So, so when Tim is saying, so I'm looking at Sarah and Sarah's going, it's so hard. What's going on? And I'm, you know, and Tim's going, is something going wrong? <laughs> oh, no. And that's why I was kind of going, no, there's just a little. Keep reading the news, Tim. And I'm like, sorry, going, he's too early. So I didn't want the author to be on hold. Well, I'm, he can't tell time. There's nothing better to make things wor- a little bit worse than they have to be. Is <laughs> so here's what's happening. So next hour. Yeah. Uh, on KCMD Portland, uh, we'll have a, uh, we'll briefly talk to Dorothy Carcassari from the National Enquirer. We'll grab a couple minutes with uh, with Steve Alton, uh, you know, and then we'll have Scott Daly and all that stuff. So it's uh, you know we'll have a few minutes with him, but he was calling uh, an hour before he was supposed to. So uh, here's Tim Riley. Well, the Henderson, uh, uh, Nevada man known as the Locust, lived up to his nickname by beating all comers in the Las Vegas round of the annual Nathan's Famous International Hunt Dog Eating Contest. Rick Lefevre swallowed uh, 32 wieners with buns in just 10 minutes outside the New York, New York Hotel on the Strip. And uh, the swallowing of this uh, runs in his family. Lefevre's wife, Charlene, is also a competitive eater. The 63-year-old Lefevre has qualified for a chance to win the annual 4th of July hot dog eating contest at Coney Island, New York. And to make sure he stays in good eating shape, he also won a year's supply of hot dogs. What's her name? Her name is... Carlene, did you really say the swallowing of this runs in the family? His wife, Carlene, also blank, 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 blank. I suppose I did, Okay, yes. so this is where? This is Nathan. This is in New York, New York, in Vegas. New York, New York, in Vegas. Okay, so this isn't the, the real one. The, now, is this, uh, but, so this doesn't really, you don't get the trophy then. or the, you No, can't, this is more of a publicity thing, New York, New York, kind of a promotion. This is a thing. franchising of the Nathan's right. famous hot dog eating contest. Right. 
say if Susan was given this uh, assignment in Vegas, this is what she would put together. Exactly. Well, and and she would do a fantastic job. So this is so. In other words, that Kobayashi guy was not there. No, he was not in attendance. All right, there you go. No, he's practicing back in his native country. All right, here's Tim Riley. Uh, well, TV viewers in much of the country are wondering who will win American Idol. The people of Murray, Utah, are sure who will win. David Archuleta has advanced to the final three, and that means Murray will throw one of the biggest parties in its history to welcome David home. Uh, they're going to follow him all day to create a piece of his homecoming video, which will run in next Tuesday's program. Everybody in Murray is sky high about the, all the fun that they are having in Utah. Oh, my goodness. It's, it's actually a little bit beyond comprehension of how exciting it is. Uh, this type of thing doesn't certainly happen every day or maybe even in a, in a lifetime for, for any little city, <laughs> let alone the little city of Murray, Utah. Really, I was going to say, if you've ever been to Murray, Utah, you know that all out of proportion excitement is, I mean, really, that's a company when there's two-for-one wheat thins uh, at, at the Smith's Foodway. So it's not really like there's a lot to compare it to in Murray. Well, a television uh, documentary uh, will talk about the struggles and achievements of five up-and-coming Arab comedians. Uh, let's see. One of them is uh, comedian Dean Obadida, who says that people are comparing their their comedy to black comedians of the past 20 to 30 years. In fact, there are people who say Arabs are the new blacks in America. And I even do a whole joke about when I heard the term Arabs are the new blacks, I was excited. I'm like, oh, my God, we're cool. You know, I could see they were white kids to act cool white kids no longer dress black they start acting arab with their friends you know like open shirts smelling like lamb walking up to each other going what up my arab oh god <sighs> that person should not <laughs> that ever. person should never be given a microphone again is this on television so i have to avoid it there or do i only have to avoid it in person it is on television oh. it's on pbs okay and uh, when uh, this weekend. Okay, so this weekend note to sell. So Sunday at 10. Don't on even PBS. turn on the television on Sunday. It's called Stand up. Muslim American comics come of age. <laughs> Lame. <coughs> All right. So there you go. Yeah, that's... Uh, Who says I'm, there's nothing good on public television? I'm not even going to turn the TV on on Sunday. Sunday, I'm going to sit and read a good book, I you think. You know what's on on Sunday is a um, two-hour marathon of Family Guy. Is that true? Four episodes. Well, you know, I can marathon myself, actually, because I got that whole DVD that is set that I haven't finished. So I watched Blue Harvest. I watched the first disc of season four. I'm watching season three right now. Yeah, see, I got the, and I got the whole rest of it. There's like five episodes of Thing or whatever, so I got like 15 episodes that I haven't watched. I'm going through like a slight obsessed with it phase where I've watched, I think yesterday I watched six episodes of it. The thing about Family Guy is that's a show you can binge on. Mm -hmm. uh, some shows you can't marathon because it's just like too much or it's just, you know, whatever. But Family Guy is... It's not like the greatest thing on television, but it's a very watchable show uh, because it's it's interesting. I don't know. I got when we were talking about the whole should I or should I not watch Family Guy, and the audience was really polarized about it. It is. It's a, it's a very dividing show. And I don't feel one way. I mean, I don't feel one way or the other. I mean, I feel like it's it's a good. It, it is it's good solid entertainment. It really is. I feel like like any like any show like it has its good episodes and it has its you know not so good episodes. And this does seem like a strange comparison, but if anybody uh, have watched the early Woody Allen films, by which I mean before Annie Hall, if you watched any of the movies that Andy, that Woody Allen made before Annie Hall, which is like Bananas or everything you wanted to know about sex but were afraid to ask uh, or um, take the money and run. Annie Hall was kind of the first grown-up serious film he made. Still very funny, but had a real plot and whatever. All the movies that Woody Allen made before Annie Hall, there wasn't really a plot so much. I mean, it was basically just a thing to hang a whole bunch of jokes on. Uh, and that's kind of what Family Guy is. Mm -hmm. And I know that this is heresy to people, but Family Guy reminds me a little bit of the early Woody Allen films. So, you know, just get your pitchforks and torches ready if you feel like you have to. But that's what it reminds me of. So, all right, here's Tim Riley. There have been a rush of coyote attacks in Tigard. Federal officials are investigating a rash of attacks 
on uh, pets that people have been walking around parks. The coyotes are becoming a growing concern around the metro area. So uh, do be careful in uh, Durham Park. That's uh, one place some lady was walking by, and the coyotes were following her. Please tell me that the story says dogs and coyotes in Tigard. Oh, my. It doesn't. <laughs> That's a genius title. I know. See, I got. We have more. You know, it is. We have more entertainment here th- th- than we can possibly use. Uh, we really ought to. At the end of the program, we ought to just scrape together all of the gags and goofs that we haven't found a place for and sell them uh, to 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 some other. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Okay, hold on. I have to stop. Here's, <laughs> here's what just happened. I know you can't see this, and you at home can't see this. So Richie Bristol just sort of silently came into the studio just now and very, very hesitantly tapped Tim on the shoulder just now while I was talking. He looked afraid to touch him. He looked afraid to touch him, as we all are. Uh Uh, He tapped Tim ever so slightly on the shoulder. Tim looked, and Richie put his hand out like he was going to shake Tim's hand, but then just shook his hand a little bit like he had a palsy. And then Tim is totally confused. And are we all, what are you doing? No, I know what he's doing. It's Keith. Oh, the keys to your car. Tim, did you drive today? I did. Oh, maybe you're blocking somebody. I'll go, I'll go and block. Okay, neither Tim or I, <laughs> it, it did look like some sort of Catherine Hepburn I, 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 kind of thing where he was just sort of twitching around. Jesus. All right. Boy, you know, I, I'm not saying uh, that I'm glad it's Friday because we have pretty great jobs and I never complain about mm-hmm. that, but maybe on Monday things will be less crazy or more crazy. I don't really know. You never know. So everyone does seem... Well, no, I'm I'm banking on more crazy because building up to the oh, listener God. party. Oh, God, that's Oh, God, right. that's next week. It's less than a week away. I'm so All right. Well, in any event, hey, uh, while Tim is out uh, doing that, uh, just a brief side note. Uh, so I have good news. Uh, I have good news and great news. And... The great news, it may be too late for this. Um, so we are going to be giving away, uh, let's see. Well, it doesn't say what we're going to be giving away. I guess another Jackass DVD. This is like 50 of those. So uh, we gave away Jackass. Any and, more Gumby? And Jackass 2.5. No, no, no. We've still got a couple of those to give away. But I think uh, that's the only Gumby movie we're doing. Um, so I guess we're going to be giving away another Jackass DVD. Has there been another Jackass movie? God, I don't even know. I've lost track of those guys. Like, I mean... I'm not sure. No, I mean, it's fine. You're, no, you're, I, I, you're, I'm you're not their the, demographic. Not the target demo, Sarah. Nope. Uh, so, well, we gave away Jackass 2.5, so we're going to be giving away another Jackass DVD. But, but that's not really the big news. The big news is um, you have been approved for the Jackass promotion, blah, blah, blah. And Johnny Knoxville uh, will be recording liners. If there's anything you would like Johnny Knoxville to record for AM 970, uh-huh. you got to let us know. But the thing is, here's the deal. we got to let him know today. So I can't even imagine what we'd want to have Johnny Knoxville say other than, Sarah, are you free on Friday? Um, So I don't, I have nothing. This is one of those things where it's a great opportunity that's been handed to us, but I would have no idea what to have Johnny Knoxville say. Because I'm only kind of a real, I'm a casual Jackass fan. Yeah. And I didn't really ever watch it all that much. Just for the, because I would watch it and I would get up to the point of where like, you know, I would get to the point where he was like stuffing earwigs up his nose or something. And I'd be like, okay, I got to eject. I can't handle that. Yeah, I got to, uh. I gotta leave. So anyway, so we'll think about that. It's like last week we had something where they were they're gonna have a pro wrestler voice something for us, and I just sort of passed on because I would have no idea what to what to have him say. Uh, Tim will return in a moment. In the meantime, hello, random caller. Who might this be? Hi, Rick. Thanks for taking my call. This is Jim. Hey, that is the greatest audio sound effect of all time in cartoons when somebody would walk up to some other guy and put their hand against their Adam's apple and wiggle it up and down, and the, the sound effect would be. Yeah. Yeah. It's the best. 
Well, I'm glad. Well, it's one of my. So who says I can't do impressions then? Yeah, because, you're good at them. You're good at them. Because to me, that sound that I just made, which now I'm all self-conscious, and I don't want to do it again. But the, uh, but that sound, uh, that. That I, I that's the uh, that's when uh, Bugs has been hit with something like he's been hit with a with, and a, with a, shaking a, his a skillet, totally and he's shaking it off. Oh yeah, oh yeah, that's right. It was the Bugs head shake too. Is there any other cartoon sound effect that can be made with the mouth that I can now do to amuse you? Go. Um, uh, how about uh, oh gosh, I can't think of a one. I'm having I'm having Mother's Day brunch at Columbia Center this weekend. Why? Yeah, well... Wait, wait, hold on. Where at at Columbia Center? Oh, Kavanaugh. Columbia Center, Kavanaugh. by the way, is... Columbia Center is a mall in Kennewick. The yeah. mall. Columbia Center is the, the only mall in the Tri-City area. Yeah, I grew up in Walla Walla, and uh, my mother-in-law still lives there, and so we're going over to visit them. The rest of the family lives in Sunnyside. Yeah, So we're meeting you. halfway. Meeting halfway. How about that one? Journeying deep into the suck. Loving right. it. Loving the it. Thanks only, for the show. Thank you, sir. The only All good right. thing about Sunnyside is when I was in high school, they had a bunch of really hot debate girls who lived there, but that was it. Drive And then driving to Kennewick for Mother's Day brunch. Jesus. All right. Hi, Tim. How you doing? Well, oh, 20 to 30 coyotes are captured every year in Oregon. The best part is, hey, way to pick up where you left off. Way to close it out, Tim. Of course, the best way to get rid of them is to drop anvils on them. <laughs> yes, it Hire is. the road <laughs> <laughs> the, Acme, uh, the Acme company has been called in to deal with this problem. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Oh, hey, is your signal down? Because I can't get you in Salem every uh, morning. Everything should be fine. Uh, perhaps uh, are you inside a lead-lined room, perhaps? Well, it's, I'm in a big SUV, but I don't think it's Well, that's there. your problem right there. Uh, no, I mean, I know that over the last day or two, some of the stations, I think KUFO had this problem yesterday, some of the stations were, uh, as they say, popping off uh, yesterday. So there's been, uh, there has been a little bit of wackiness with the transmitter. But uh, we'll look into it. Matt Green has proved a crackerjack engineer at solving things today. So that would be ever so wonderful. What is your name? I'm really bored. Lori. All right, Lori. We'll have him look into it. Thanks. Thank you. Drive safe. There you go. I, I, now I just want to make that noise all the time. Here's Tim Riley. Well, the son of wrestling legend Hulk Hogan has been sentenced to eight months in jail and five years probation in connection with a tragic car accident. 17-year-old Nick Hogan entered a not guilty plea to charges of reckless driving in Florida. His charge after a car crash left one of his friends hospitalized with devastating injuries. So, uh, he goes to jail for a while. Now, let's talk about the uh, motion picture of the Speed Racer, shall we? Now, many of us remember the cartoons. Yes, we do. The golden days of our youth. Well, Speed Racer stars Emil Hirsch. Does that name sound familiar to you? No. You saw the movie. Well, maybe you didn't. Emil Hirsch. Isn't he a cook? So, no, that's Emeril. No. Okay. That's the guy that goes, bam! I, uh, Emil Hirsch. Where would I, from where would I know him? He started a motion picture directed by Sean Penn. Was he in, uh, was he in Into the Wild? Yes, he was I haven't guy. seen Into the Wild. that guy. I did not see. Thanks. He was third guy. Uh, I have not seen him. He was the, the into the wild guy. I have not. Oh, he was. Oh, he was Chris McCandless. Yes. Oh, I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. No, I still. We gave it away, and I read the book, and I still haven't seen the movie. So now I now he's the Speed Racer. All right. Uh, Hirsch said filming this motion picture entirely in front of a green screen was challenging, but well worth it. That is a pain. <laughs> you know, it's a sacrifice you make, but then you finally see the finished product, and you're just like, wow, that looks amazing. 
you know, little did he's you really know, selling the me on the film. It. it was the exact opposite of a stimulating image. It was a non-stimulating image. Oh let me understand. Wait, hold on. Let me understand this, bright guy. So the opposite of a stimulating image is a non-stimulating image. Yes. Thanks for that explication. Lack of stimulation. Appreciate that. All right. Uh, who else is in this film? Christina Ricci said she forgot the script call for her to fight in the movie until the stunt coordinator came by. I didn't read those pages because it was a little dense and, you know, I had to audition in like 24 hours. So when I got to set, the stunt coordinator came to see me and he's like, so you're going to be doing some kung fu. I was like, what? Really? I fight in this? And he was like, yeah, yeah. Let me just sit down so I can enjoy this. Hold on. Oh, right. I totally forgot about that. I don't want to be distracted by having to stand. Let me just pull up a chair so I can focus all of my energy. That Emil Hirsch guy is not a selling point for this movie. And neither is Christina Ricci. And, uh, you know, and I'm going to put her, I mean, that's that's like an I'll take babes that I used to find really hot. And now I just couldn't possibly care less about for a thousand. She did not age well. And I don't mean like getting old. I mean, like, with every year, she just, like, her, she, like, does her head look all misshapen to you? It does. She's really pretty, but her, yeah, her head has always been kind of a strange shape. She needs bangs. Is there, <laughs> yes, she does. somebody squeeze the forceps a little bit too hard. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. The, the spoons were, uh, were tightened one notch too many, Tim. Um, it just, she, she was a cute kid, an attractive teenager, and then as she became, you know, like, in her 20s, First of all, her head looks all light bulby, uh, and as you said, as though she were mushed in the middle somehow during. Are those the, the new squiggly light bulbs or the old-fashioned Thomas Edison light bulb? No, those are the, uh, the no, those are the old-school kind that just sort of slant down in the middle. Um, she's got you know an hourglass shape is good unless it's your skull, it, then it no longer is a selling point. So and plus she's got a weird shaped body. Because um, I didn't, she have a breast reduction. She did. That's not doing her any favors. Maybe and she's I... one of those girls that other girls find prettier yes. too. Yes, I believe that is the because case. Because her, yeah, she has like one of the great. She has a fantastic body. I. Mm, did I... you ever see her in that movie where she's all like the uh, poor and like chained up and Samuel Jackson? No, but I like what I'm hearing. Oh, is that black snake moan? Yeah. No, but now is that before or after the breast reduction? And I'm not just saying that because like I like boobs. I'm saying I think it was after. I it, it, because it seemed like she was sort of. She had like the weird kind of pear shape, but it, but she was larger on top, and so it sort of balanced out. She seems to me like one of those women that if you if, with the breast reduction, she's just going to look all out of whack. It's she's going to be all head and ass, and there's just going to be nothing in the middle. So she's basically she's going to be like an upended dumbbell. I know I sound like a terrible person, but she it seemed like she was hot for a second, and then it all kind of went away. I don't know. She might be hot now only to women. Uh, see also Gwyneth Paltrow. I mean, it's, uh, you know. All right, well, whatever. I don't think Gwyneth Paltrow's pretty. Really? You don't think Gwyneth Paltrow? Mm-hmm. I find that a lot of women find her to be pretty, but no guys do. Uh, and then there's Sarah Jessica Parker, who somehow, you know, the thing about Sarah Jessica Parker is, I was thinking about this the other day, about how we all, and I think I speak for everybody with eyes, she's just weird looking, and we all sort of have acknowledged that. I mean, she does look, you know, she's like sort of Mr. Ed meets... Mr. Manson, and sort of mixed together. And my theory was, well, okay, well, how did she get on television? Like, how did she get a TV show since she's so weird-looking? Because, as they say in Family Guy, she looks like a foot. And so my whole thing was, how did she get hired? And I thought, well, maybe it's that thing, see also Christina Ricci, where she got her way into the, you know, she got her foot in the door of business when she was young and cute. But you know what I was looking at the other day? It was Square Pegs. And you probably never watched Square Pegs. Mm-mm. Square Pegs was the show on which she got her start. Sarah Jessica Parker? Yeah, it was okay. the Freaks and Geeks of its time. Uh, a, a, a much lauded show, canceled almost immediately, and it was about 
the nerds and misfits trying to fit in with, with you know, in a school full of pretty people. Uh, not a great show in retrospect, but groundbreaking for its day. Sarah Jessica Parker. Goddamn ugly as a toadstool in that show, too. So, like, how did, I mean, I just don't know. And don't get me wrong. I, I am glad that she is successful. I mean that sincerely. It's a tough racket. But I don't know. It must have been, like, the casting director must have been gone that day or something. And then she just got the one gig and has been able to daisy chain that one job into show after show, especially in Sex in the City, where she was supposed to be sexy. And, honey, no. I mean, so, you know, whatever. All right. Uh, she just she just puts herself together really well. And she has, like, that petite little tiny frame that everybody wants and she can wear you know like any designer that she desires to well i don't want this just to be a thing that we say because we're, we feel like we're supposed to say it. so really really no fool do you think sarah jessica parker is pretty okay i'm kind of skewed because i've seen her in person uh-huh. and she is really pretty in person you fit she person, was truly pretty she was truly a beautiful woman well all right truly a very very pretty woman um i think she's different looking and i think that you know uh, some choices like Definitely some of the makeup that she wore on the show during certain points of the show made her look like more beaky or like her eyes all beady and stuff. Like <laughs> Sometimes she didn't look that good, but you know, other times she looked really pretty. You know, the camera does add a beak. All right. Well, in any event, uh, let's see. What have we... Uh, everybody's now calling from Salem to say they can hear us. Thank you. Uh, well, we'll go to these calls here in a moment. Here's Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth. Uh, so let's have a scene from the uh, Speed Racer when they're speeding uh, through some ice cubes. Or is it ice caves? We'll find out. <laughs> this is a cleverly made for radio. For radio yeah. Thanks. <laughs> We can't hear you in Salem. <laughs> <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> well, hey, let me buy my... I can't wait to see that. Did you miss anything? Hold on, don't talk to me. i got to go to Fandango right now. <laughs> Jesus. All right, well, there you go. That's fantastic. Speed Racer. <laughs> Are you going to go see Speed Racer? No. Were you a fan of the cartoon? I was. I was a moderate fan of the cartoon, but not enough that I really... It seems like one of those properties that's being made into a franchise just because they feel like they're supposed to. I um, yeah, it came out about the same time as Kimba the White Lion. Yeah, I'm not really going to see it. And Speed Racer had the thing with the bad animated mouths, where it was just like, bop, 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 and the mouths just open and close regardless of what they were saying. Oh, that's hard to do. Anyway. Was Speed Racer a Japanese yeah. cartoon that was imported? Yeah. Yeah, so it had that, like, that, that hilarious... You know, mouth animation where they had to make it to fit any number of languages. And so the, the, there was no articulation to the mouth. It was like the mouth would open, and then you would just see it would go white, black, white, black, white, black to denote that the teeth were opening and closing, but the mouth itself never moved. You so, can only try so many times before you give up. Yeah, same thing on Star Blazers. That way you could just get any guy in a room, you know, uh, so the Japanese guy saying whatever in Japanese, and then the American guy is going... No, 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 the Comet Empire is near, you know, or whatever. And it's just, it's like the same mouth movements. Uh, well, let's get a couple of telephone calls and see what the people are saying today. Hello? How are you? Hello. Doing great. What's up in your life, sir? What do you got planned for the weekend? I, I actually, I'm uh, going to Kids in the Hall on Sunday. Oh, I forgot awesome. about that. Kids in the Hall, yeah. yeah I got, I actually won tickets uh, yesterday. I got second row. Excellent. Good for you, my friend. Yeah. Uh, but, which uh, brings me to, I'm going to be in the studio. I was going to see if you guys... One of my leftover Harvey Dent buttons from the campaign for the listener party. Oh, you're going to be... like 30 of them. Oh, I see. You're going to sure. be near our studios today. Uh, yeah, we will always and forever take any Dark Knight slash Harvey Dent slash whatever. Uh, I'm, I'm going to be wearing 
I'm going to be wearing one of my lapel for sure. So yeah, no, we uh, we we welcome any sort of nerd like tchotchkes that you might want to toss our way. We appreciate those things. Oh, and by the way, Family Guy likened uh, Sarah Jessica Parker's face to a foot. Yeah, they didn't know. It's, it's great, and I'm <laughs> glad I saw that episode so I can really fully make that reference now. All right, thank you, my <laughs> friend. Yep, take it. Right, there you go. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. What do you think of Sarah Jessica Parker? I think she's a so butterface. Auditioning for my Buzz <laughs> show. Uh, it, so you feel good body, bad head. Face. Exactly. Everything's good butterface. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah, exactly. All right, excellent. Thank you. Hey, yep. no. And here's the thing about, I'm sorry about it, just got that guy up. But uh, here's the thing about Sarah Jessica Parker, with the bad head. I think that her face, to me anyway, is so sort of odd looking that I don't think I know if she has a good body or not. For example, I couldn't tell you if she is well endowed or flat i couldn't tell you if she's got what kind of, like her legs if she's got if she's leggy if she's tall i think i'm always so intent on look at that face that i never it's sort of the the, uh, the reverse where i never notice her body because i'm always kind of looking at her face trying to figure out what's up with that she's kind of a little a tiny little pixie woman with long legs and big boobs really like she has she has a perfect body well i now, I mean, yeah. Why have i and never sex noticed in the city that? i mean that's it. she like is always flouncing around and some little like you know like see-through top and like underwear. I mean, All you right. can. She's there's no part of her body that she's not ashamed of. Rick Emerson approves. All right, here's Tim Riley. There are no visible varicose veins. No. Nope. Uh, Sarah Jessica. Okay, I totally got to look now. Sarah Jessica Parker. All right, here's Tim Riley. Well, uh, for Mother's Day, we have this a mother here from uh, Little Rock, Arkansas. She's pregnant with her 18th child. Michelle Duggar is due on New Year's Duggar. Day, and uh, she'll join seven sisters and ten brothers. There are two sets of twins. Uh, they had uh, three in January, three in December. Those two months are a very busy time for us, she said, laughing. Her oldest child is Josh, who is 20. The youngest, Jennifer, is nine months. A fast-growing family, which has its own website, uh, lives in the Tunty Town section of northwest Arkansas in a 7,000-square-foot home. Jesus. All the children whose names start with the letter J are homeschooled. She has been pregnant for more than 11 years of her life, and the family's in the process of filming another series for Discovery Health. The new show looks inside the home, where chores or jurisdictions are assigned to each child. Jesus, One episode of the new show involves jurisdiction swamp, where boys do chores traditionally assigned to girls. And I think at this point, it's maybe not so much sex as it is just spelunking, uh, really, for that guy. I mean, come on. And, and I wonder how many times they've been sent that little graphic from the Internet that says, It's a vagina, not a clown car. So, I mean... I think, you know, 10 would be enough, maybe. I mean, even if you're crazy. So, all right. And they've got 18 own... is enough. Is this because they're, uh, is this because Jesus told them to? I mean, is that the thing? The success of our family is, first off, a love of God. <laughs> of course. Yeah, whatever. All right. And, uh, and she's been pregnant for 11 years of her life. To say how yes. old she is? 41. 41. Jesus. Imagine being pregnant for 11 years. Mm. I can't even, I mean, I, I can't imagine. I, in no way can I even fathom that. All right. Well, there you go. Everybody yep. working together to serve each other makes everything good happen. All right. Whatever you say. That was a dog who did that. Uh, by the way, I'm looking at these pictures of Sarah Jessica Parker. Okay, see, now here's the weird thing. Now, she's kind of cute here. She is. She is. Like, I just found, like, a basic one without airbrushing or anything. I mean, like, she's... You know what she kind of looks like? Yes, I think she's pretty. That's exactly the photo I was looking yeah, at. Yeah, because that's not airbrushed. Get that's out of my her. head. Uh, that, no, she looks, she looks cute there. You know what she kind of looks like? Kind of looks like, dare I say it, Madonna meets Jennifer Grey, like old school dirty dancing okay, Jennifer Grey. like pre-nose job Jennifer yeah. Grey. Uh, I'm looking at these. Uh, here's a photograph of her, not on the red carpet, but on the pink carpet somewhere. 
Uh, that's not code for anything. Uh, the uh, and the pink carpet. Yeah, she looks. Uh, this is her at. Uh, it's at the. Uh, uh, what the hell is this from? Some website from glam.com. Uh, where she's on the uh, on the, the standing on the pink carpet somewhere. She looks really good. All right, fair enough. Well, let me look at one more. Here, this is her. Yeah, she does look good in that one. I found that. This is uh, Sarah Jessica Parker. Uh, let's see. This is her standing in a brazier uh, in front of the mirror. Well, that's an awkward profile, but she she does seem to have a nice body here. I I see what you're saying. Okay, I you know what? I stand corrected. So I'm not going to be from this day forward. Uh, this is like this is the hack DJ thing. I'm going to revise my statement. I'm no longer going to go for the cheap joke. Blah 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 blah. Maybe you know what it is. Is it possible that Sarah Jessica Parker is the Christina Carlson of the celebrity world? When I think pretty so. photographs terribly. That's kind of along the same lines because when she's when her face is because a lot of people base their opinions on her on still photos. Yeah. But when she's acting, she doesn't really look all that deformed. Yeah. All right. So uh, there you go. This guy says Gwyneth Paltrow is hotter in Iron Man than she's been in anything in a long time. Gwyneth Paltrow is an Iron Man. Yes. I thought it was Cameron Diaz. No. Gwyneth Paltrow. Uh, he says her legs are fantastic. Christina Ricci's head is a soccer ball. Uh, she does have a nice body, but I can't say she's gorgeous, but I gladly, uh, you know, I do her. Blah, blah, blah. All right. Well, thank you, sir. Uh, all right. Here's uh, Tim Riley. I have barrels and barrels of Florida stories here and don't quite know where to begin. I'm sorry, Tim. You're saying these are stories from where? The Sunshine State. That was weird. From oh. where? Florida. So a lawsuit's been filed against an Orange County school district and three employees alleging that teachers' age choked, kicked, and abused and neglected autistic children. Oh. Uh, oh. These kids were treated by these uh, paraprofessionals in the school system with abuse and neglect. It's very upsetting. Children deserve to be safe. Uh, witness said the worker uh, flipped the student over on his stomach. She straddled him and had his arms pulled up and in back of him. I think these children are entitled to a free public education under federal laws, and they were discriminated against and abused. Authorities say the Gatorade spill uh, began with a truck on Highway 27 in Florida, causing major traffic delays. It happened after 6 a.m. Thursday, filling the southbound lanes of the road with Gatorade. A uh, front loader was uh, being used to clear them from the traffic lanes. All we need is some ice, and we can cool it all down, a sergeant quipped. Yeah. This is very creative from Kissimmee, Florida. More than 550 gallons of gasoline, valued at more than $2,000, was stolen by two men at a central Florida gas station over the span of four hours. And the men charged other customers to use the pump. Excellent. Oh, wait. So is this the thing where they went in and they pretended to be clerks and then they people buy gas and they would just take the money? Let's see here. An investigation revealed that the gas pumps have been tampered with, uh, damaging the unit responsible for counting and regulating the amount of gas dispersed. The two men were seen on surveillance video at the gas pump for nearly four hours. Yeah. The gas station owner told the police that 554 gallons of gasoline was stolen. During the time the men were at the pump, they were seen orchestrating about 25 or more vehicles to use the gas pump. Also, they're helping others. Uh, police say they believe that the men were charging other customers to use the tampered pump. Exactly. And so, the, oh, wait, so one of the other customers knew the pump had been tampered with. Oh. In other words, it's like, a, look, we've lowered the gas to a dollar a gallon. Mm -hmm. You know, the money goes right to us, but you'll get the gas for a buck. I wonder if they did that or because there was a story a while back about some dudes that were robbing a Burger King. And, like, one guy was, like, tying up the manager and rummaging through the, uh, the whatever, the, 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 the cash register. But the other guy, to keep up appearances so nobody would call the man, the other guy was, like, working the window and placing order. The fries, here you go. Uh, double Whopper, here you go. And, but, like, pocketing the money and made, like, 200 bucks at the window. So, I mean, you almost have to admire that. Well, that's, that's enterprising. Criminal ingenuity, Tim. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, Jared cleared an Orlando man of lewd and lascivious charges after he said he was sleepwalking when he fondled children. Oh, jeez. Uh, Justin Cox said uh, apparently a history of sleep disorders, and juries believe the defense. They also evaluated him. He was sleepwalking at the time of the attack. Uh, the, the doctor said he'd been sleepwalking since he was a child. He's seeking treatment for sleepwalking. What was so, his name? His name is Justin Cox. Okay. A three-year-old Florida boy with a rare condition has not slept for three years. Where? Florida. Damn it. See, I can never tell. We need to modify these somehow. One of them needs to say Sarah at the end, and the other one needs to say Rick. Rhett Lamb of St. Petersburg uh, apparently has a condition called Chiari malfunction. It puts pressure on his brain. He has never taken a nap or gone to sleep at night, forcing his parents to keep watch day and night. Uh, the mother says, my husband has a day shift and I have the afternoon shift. We share the night shift because nobody can sleep in the house when he's up anyway. Lamb said she is working extra to pay for Rhett's large medical bills. She also said her husband David has given up his job to care for the child. I would give anything for Rhett to be a normal little boy who plays and has a good time. Now, is he, now when you say he's not able to sleep, but does he need, well, he clearly he doesn't need to sleep. No. So he just doesn't need rest. Well, they should be grateful for that. Think of how productive that kid will be. Apparently, his uh, brain tissue protrudes into the spinal canal. Oh. Part of the scalp is abnormally small and puts pressure on the brain. I'm so confused because wouldn't, I mean. So he doesn't have to sleep. That, I mean, that's fantastic. If only I could have such a problem. Mm-hmm. I mean, just think of how much work I could get done if I wouldn't have to sleep. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, let's do a couple of these, and we'll break, and we'll come back. Uh, more of Tim Riley, Dorothy Carcassari. Uh A few minutes with Steve Alton, and later on, the more wackiness. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. 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 Hi, how are you guys doing? Uh, we are dandy. Well, I mean, don't, I don't want to speak for today. Sarah, how are you doing? Very well, thank Tim? you. Outstanding. And Richie is hungover and miserable. How are you, sir? Great. I'm pretty good. Um, I have a general question that's sort of off topic here. Um, I'm 23 years old, and I'm dying in instant discretion to get into radio. And, I, you know, I'm hanging out behind studios trying to talk to people, and I have no idea how to go about Let's yet. back up for a second. You are 23 years old, and you're dying? I'm dying to get into radio. Ah, okay, I missed part of it. All right, and and you are you are doing what? Trying to talk to people? Uh, you know, I'm hanging out at studios, you know, in the back of the door, trying to get in, and I can't talk to anybody. I mean, do you have any recommendation of what I can do? Recommendation yeah. one: Don't hang out outside the studio that door. That would be stalking. That's a yeah, that's yeah. a thing that will uh, that's a thing that will make you remembered for all the wrong reasons. <laughs> Is there? I mean, I mean, I'm willing to work for free. I mean. Millions of people are. Yes. Uh, so what What are you currently doing for a living? What is your job now, sir? I'm a full-time uh, stock clerk. Okay. Uh, and so you are, and so you, have you have any radio experience at all? Is it just a thing you're, you're sort of interested in? Um, I'm interested in it. I mean, I, I do producing on my laptop and stuff like that, but... Yeah, I'm very much interested in being radio. Well, here's here's the thing. Um, there was, and and I hate to be this guy, uh, there was a time because I did this uh, when you could just sort of lurk around a radio station, uh, and, and then they would, you know, it, 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 you know, I'll just tell you that I used to. There was a radio station in my house, and I would hang out and bother the DJ. I was like 14, uh, and I would bother the DJ, and eventually, because he was lazy, as all DJs are, he would, and it's before automation, he would let me hang around the studio. And, like, get him coffee, and, like, I would sweep the studio floor and whatever, and then sometimes he would go out to have a cigarette or whatever, and I would segue between records. You know, and eventually somebody noticed, and I got some miserable weekend job and, and whatever. That's what I did. That being said, because everything is owned by corporations now, uh, and I'm not saying that's bad, it's just different. The, the idea, these, this, this was, a, as they call it, a mom-and-pop station way back when. Everything is sort of owned by corporations now, and corporations are much more 
uh, paperwork oriented, litigious, everything has to go through multiple channels. And in fact, I know this is the case at CBS. At CBS, uh, unless you are an intern, uh, which requires you currently going to college, most stations, you simply you simply legally cannot work for free. I mean, at CBS, uh, you can't just come and work on a show or a phone screen or whatever without being paid. It's just CBS policy forbids it. So you, you kind of, you know, your choices are to kind of either go to college, in which case you can go to college and maybe be an intern, or... Uh, you know, you can start at the very, very, very bottom, which is typically working on a street team or being one of those guys that goes to the state fair and stands at the station booth and hands out stickers to people. That being said, and I don't mean to sound like I'm lecturing you, but I'm trying to give you the full scoop. That being said, and because a lot of people have the same question for us, that is much easier to do. Uh, are you married? Uh, yes, I am. And it's much easier to do in a market smaller than Portland. Uh, Portland, while not New York or Los Angeles, Portland is uh, is the number 23, I think, market 23. in the country. It's a large market. It's a large market, uh, you know, and a lot of people don't really realize that. It's a big market, and as such... You don't start here. It is exponentially, yes, more difficult to get a job here. So, so it's better to go to some rinky-dink town in you know, Alabama or something. Or even in, you know, we even in Oregon. rinky-dink towns here in Oregon. Yes, we were saying drive earlier. a little outside the city. You'll yeah, find drive, a, drive an hour in every direction, sir. Uh, so I would suggest, uh, and maybe Tim might have additional thoughts on this, finding a small market somewhere in Oregon. Uh, find a radio station in that market, or maybe all the radio stations in that market, and you, just, you call, you knock on doors, go through the property, talk to the program director or the promotions director, whoever is responsible for hiring, and let it be known that you, you want a straight-up, above-board job, uh, but that you'll take anything they offer you. And really, I hate to be Johnny Buzzkill, but you've got to be willing to take anything they offer you, no matter how uh, how, how weird you think it is or, or whatever, 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 however demeaning you might think the job is. And you got to be willing to move to a smaller city and then move back to Portland at some point. Yeah, I mean, I'm just basically wanting to work for free just so I can get my foot in the door, well, whether it's scrubbing toilets or cleaning up your nail clippings or something like that. And it is, so. and that, and that really is, that is admirable, and I, and I mean that because that's how a lot of us started. Uh, you're going to have to probably move to a smaller market for that. So, and okay. then you work your way up at the smaller market. Once you have a reasonable, you know, once you have a, a decent job in a smaller market. Then that lets you get at the bottom of the Portland ladder, which is a large market. So, so that is the best way. And good luck to you, my friend. Okay, awesome. Thanks for thank you, sir. All right, there you go. There's that guy. Uh, let's do one more story. We'll take a break. We'll come back with Dorothy Car- uh, Dorothy Carcassari. Uh, power has been restored to 20,000 people in North Broward County, Florida, after an iguana caused a short circuit. The critter came in contact with some high voltage equipment, triggering the outage. Electricity was out for quite a long time. The iguana wasn't as lucky. Florida Power and Light spokeswoman Mako Villapana says it's gone to another place. Oh, that's another one where you're done. Where you're done there. Yeah, I wasn't sure. Okay, all right. And that lizard's name was. No, I have nothing. I have no clothes out there. All right. I'm just. I'm still back, kind of thinking on the radio guy. Who, uh, you know, it is. A, yeah, I don't. It's not not better or worse. It's just easy. It is a different. It's a different time, and and, and I guess maybe some things change. Uh, I think I scooted in right when that door was about to be closed. I, I think it's it's tricky now. It's uh, you know it is hard in the, in the era when you could just hang out and the DJ would just let you hang out of the studio with him, which is how Lycus started. Uh, Lycus of all people, you know who he hung out with was Don Imus. He wrote Don Imus a fan letter, dear Mr. Imus. My name is Tom Lycus. I love your show. And Imus is coming out of the studio, and he went and hung out with with Don Imus. Um, and then he went to upstate New York yeah. and worked. 
to that guy whose parents bought him a radio station. Yep. And that guy I worked with in New Hampshire because he went to a neighboring school of mine. Really? And now he, the guy who owned the radio station, I guess maybe he still owns it or not, but he does uh, weekends in New York on WABC. His name is Mark Simone. Excellent. Good for him. And you know, it's, and it's good to see you know, and it is good to see people who are true believers who are years later still doing that. So. So, yeah, the, that door, I think, has closed, although I, I can't really speak for small markets at this point, but, I mean, maybe in a small market, you suppose, you know, you, you maybe could still get those old school where you kind of hang out ways. But, I mean, it, but it really is always best to just go through the legitimate channel and be willing to take anything they offer you uh, at, at any station, even if it's not the station you want to work at. Uh, because you know what? Uh, anything on your resume is better than nothing on your resume. So, all right, let's take a break. Come back. Dorothy Carcassari from the National Enquirer. Then we'll talk uh, for a few minutes with author Steve Alton. Later on, uh, Scott Daly, Jim Roop. Uh, more from Tim Riley around the corner as well. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show. Don't go anywhere. Hello, it's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Even her ankles are fat. You should ask her why they always pick on <laughs> on Kirstie Alley. Should we? Let's welcome yeah. out of the Rick Emerson Show from the National Enquirer, our good friend Dorothy Carcassari. Hi, Dorothy. Hi, how are you? Let me ask you this. <laughs> a, is, do you have uh, just a file of Kirstie Alley photos? B, <laughs> do you have somebody staked out whose sole job is to stalk her and photograph her <laughs> everywhere she goes? Down. Because, and I keep in mind, I, we revel in this. I'm passing no judgment. I have no problem with it. It's just, it, the only reason I say this, and it's not a criticism, just an observation. So I was talking to Sarah this week, and, uh, and, and we were talking about the new issue, The Inquirer, and I said that there was, you know, the thing about Oprah and Rachel Ray, and this was last week, and I, and I said, uh, I said, guess what the other story was? I said, what? I said, what is the story The Inquirer always runs whenever someone's not, like, in rehab or dying. And Sarah, without hesitation, goes, Kirstie Alley's fat again. And I said, yes! So she is like the gift that keeps on giving. I mean, I would imagine you must have an entire platoon of photographers who do nothing but, like, look for cellulite on Kirstie Alley. Well, I can't answer that question, but I can say that when there are huge weight shifts in celebrities, it is news, and it is something that you want to read about. Oh, absolutely. I, I vote yes. Rick Emerson is a hearty endorser of that idea. <laughs> uh, all right. So, uh, so there's a couple of things. Well, I'm looking at the cover of this week's Inquirer, which I believe came out uh, uh, today. And uh, it's all it's one of my favorite things. And I know this makes me a shallow, horrible person, but it's just like anonymous asses in bikinis with a whole lot of like cellulite patrol. Oh, yeah. Where you see like the butt and the cellulite, but you can't quite see the faces uh, that are attached to that. Right. Exactly. We have a lot of celebrities this issue. I can tell you uh, a couple. Ellen DeGeneres, Misha Barton, only 22 years old. Uh, and you're going to have to pick up the issue there to check out all the other pics of people. The reason why people love the cellulite issue is because when they look down at their own legs and they see a little bit of jiggle, they might not feel so bad. Oh, yeah, no, no, no. I feel, look, i got to tell you this. I uh, I don't wear a bikini ever at all for any reason, <laughs> but I feel exponentially better about myself having looked at just the cover of the new Inquirer. <laughs> So, and I mean, you would think that as a celebrity, it's like when you see those photographs, Britney is too easy of a target. But you see those, whether it's spotty or bad hair or whatever, and it's like if you've got a billion dollars, the first, i got to tell you this. If I ever become independently wealthy, I win the Powerball, whatever, first thing Rick Emerson's going to do, I'm going to buy uh, I'm gonna buy a person. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to hire somebody on permanent retainer. And the first thing, the, their only job will just be to make that I don't walk out in public looking embarrassing somehow. 
Right. Well, that's probably a good idea. I mean, these celebrities make so much money, and they know that they're photographed just about everywhere that they go. So you would think that what they would want to do is wear something that's as flattering as possible. But oftentimes, it's not the case. Yeah, I just it's all very ill-advised. Uh, anything else coming up in the new issue of the Inquirer, the issue that's out there today, that, uh, that you would like to mercilessly tease uh, for our audience? Well, you know, uh, Mariah Carey and Nick Cannon got, got married last week. Now, is that true? Because it seems like there was some mystery about that. Oh, yes, it is. Yes, it is. We have all the details. Mariah and Nick stepped out last night together at an event here in New York City, as you can see from photos on the on the website and that type of thing. Uh, and so it's definitely a shocker, I think, to a lot of people. But let's see what happens. Maybe it really is this, uh, you know, spectacular romance that they're claiming that it is. Excellent. Uh, and then we also have, uh, you know, Jen Aniston and John Mayer, have been spotted together, which is kind of an odd pairing. I think people were a little bit surprised about that. It must be like week of the odd celebrity pairings or something. <laughs> I, have to, I have to say that as a country, though, when that whole uh, split happened uh, with Jennifer Aniston and Brad Pitt, we all as a country uh, just voted to support her. We're all on her side. So I think we as a people breathe a sigh of relief that Jennifer Aniston may have finally found love. Did you see that quote from Cameron Diaz saying that, she just realized that she was never going to find anybody and she was just going to die a bitter old crone or something like that? Oh, gosh. Oh, it's great. It's yeah. fantastic. Look, look at Cameron Diaz. I would have somebody staking out her house right now and looking for empty liquor bottles in the trash. <laughs> well, Rick, you know, it's, it's kind of uh, sad that you say, you know, that we're all kind of rallying behind Jen because this, this new romance with John, a lot of people are saying that he's not very good for her. And now our story and our new issue is that as soon as he left her in Miami and got to New York, he was out of the club hitting on... A blonde. That cad. So, I don't know if he's the best match for her if what we're doing is rooting for Jen's happiness. Well, that's okay. Rick Emerson is here to comfort her when she needs it. So. <laughs> All right. Dorothy, you have a fantastic weekend. We'll talk to you, you soon. You too. Dorothy Carcassari from the National Enquirer. All right. Fantastic. Excellent. Wonderful. Richie Bristol is obtaining author Steve Alton, who's going to join us here on the phone in a second to talk about his new book. This new book that he's written, I mean, it's legitimately very interesting. I haven't, I'm not going to be like the Jay Leno thing and go, I read your book. I haven't, uh, and pretend, but it's a great book. It's called The Shell Game, which is a great little play on words. You know that the, the Shell Company must not be happy about that. And it's sort of this, you know, it's what Michael Crichton would call science fact. In other words, it's not like bug-eyed aliens and gnomes. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's stuff that could plausibly happen. And I think it's about what would happen if there was just no more oil, like tomorrow, like if it just stopped. Uh, which is fascinating. And of course, he wrote uh, uh, Meg and The Lock and just, uh, you know, the, the fat boy who works on KUFO and I were talking about uh, it just how, you know, what nerds we are for his books. So let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show, uh, author Steve Alton. Hello, sir. How are you? Hey, it's a pleasure to be there. Hey, how is your life, my friend? How are things? Congratulations, by the way, on all the success uh, you've had uh, so far. I mean, really, really well done stuff. So, um, so congratulations on that. And, and uh, we'll talk about, uh, you know, all of this stuff. I have to say, so I can get this question sort of uh, out of the way, uh, and then we'll talk about uh, the shell game, which is just a great premise for a book. I mean, it's just I'm not going to lie and say that I have read it, but I'm going to because in terms of just the high concept of it is, is so great. Um, so I guess we can just dive into that. Where did you get the idea for this book? Because it's what, it's, it's what would happen if we ran out of oil or there was just no more, right? Yeah, well, that's how it originally started. I, I had started researching peak oil about three years ago and was really shocked by what I found because there is no substitute for oil. And you think that there is. You think we can go solar, wind, hydrothermal, you know, 
natural gas, all, coal, all these other things. But really, there is no substitute for oil, and we're not putting any money into finding one. And uh, when you realize that without oil, the 2% of Americans who make the food for the, the rest of us, 300 million Americans, they can't grow enough food. Uh, so you're, you're talking about oil being uh, the basis of pesticides, of fertilizers, of uh, gasoline and diesel to run the big uh, farming equipment, the, the means to get the groceries to market, uh, the means for us to get to the market to get the groceries. Uh, uh, there, and one of the most shocking reports I read was one that said, without oil, uh, the 6 billion people on our planet would have to be reduced to about 500 million people. And that's a massive die-off. And and I don't think people are going to starve gently into the night either. I mean, it just seems like, I mean, not to be the melodramatic about it, but it does seem like at least with uh, the way that society uh, is set up right now in terms of transportation, in terms of the socioeconomics of the world, that it is really, the, the oil is what the entire country runs on, the entire world runs on. And you just take that away or it runs out. I mean, that's like, it, it seems like a catastrophe, I, you know, it's just a, a total implosion of society in some ways. It is, and you, and you have to be dramatic about it because, I mean, in the way I stated in the shell game from one of the characters, I mean, there's a, a massive tsunami heading toward us, and we're sunning ourselves on the beach. And, and, and we're led to that, uh, you know, melancholy attitude because we, you know, we've grown up believing that everything's going to be all right. And, and, you know, when I first started writing the book, oil was about, Fifty dollars a barrel, and now you know it just hit another record high today. It seems like every day is another record high, and there, these things are happening for a reason. The next step, what happens, is we're going to be seeing massive blackouts of cities. And you know, I lived down here in South Florida a couple of months ago. We had a, a big blackout coming out of Miami, where millions of homes were shut down, and you know, they they you know said it was uh, some type of trip wire to nuclear plant or whatever it might be. But you know, that's the next step, and then. Besides the longer gasoline lines and the prices that are going to hit five and six and seven and eight dollars a barrel uh, a gallon, uh, suddenly you're not going to have gas stations with any gas. Well, this is we've been talking a lot about how the vibe uh, now sort of seems to be like the way it was in the seventies, where it's just this sort of sense of that there were, the entire country was kind of on the thinnest of of ice. When you so you're, when you're writing this book, uh, the Shell Game, do, was there ever a moment? I think. Um, Stephen King talked about this when he wrote The Stand, where he said it was equal parts terrifying and exhilarating to sort of fast forward a little bit, uh, you know, and and to really virtually just level the entire planet to some degree. Well, it was terrifying. I don't know about the exhilarating. I, I, I don't know about Stephen King's psyche on these things, but I, I have a family, and I was scared. And, in fact, to give you an idea how this impacted me, um, and we'll talk about the other major part of the show game, too, because it's not just about the end of oil. It's about the next 9-11 event that's going to happen. And I say that's going to happen. That is going to be the excuse that the neoconservatives in the Bush administration are looking for to get us into a, a war in Iran. Uh, and this all has to do with oil. But the consequences of just writing this book and talking to insiders who are fans of mine in the military the oil industry overseas in in uh, in different uh, areas of our government. Um, three months after I finished the book, uh, I was diagnosed with Parkinson's disease, and I thought it was just the tremors that I was experiences, experiencing were just because I'd write a chapter in the book, and the next day somebody in the Bush administration would say something that one of my characters just said. Right. It's... Uh, but it was getting to me.
It's. I mean, it does seem. It, it seems like one of those things is terrifying because it's because it's so it's so plausible. Um, the as uh, and I and we're kind of uh, short on time here. I have uh, a couple of questions. One is actually uh, just on sort of a related subject. You it, was this a conscious break uh, away from you know the 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 Meg books, which is you know it's about the uh, the ichthyology or whatever it is, the, the sort of the sharks and the, and these real fast-paced thrillers that are set at sea with the Megalodon. Did you kind of say to yourself, like, I, I got to take a break from that and do something else? Yeah, I wanted to kind of stretch my writing skills a little bit, get into something that was more of a political thriller and, and happened upon this. But it was the uh, – once I started getting the true facts behind the events of September 11th, that's when it turned into something else. And it's still a page-turner, and, it, and it's still written in the same kind of um, – it's not the same genre, but it's the same style as I write my other books. All right. The book is called The Shell Game, Steve Alden. Uh, real quickly, as we wrap this up, uh, Meg the movie, going to happen, not going to happen? I think it's going to happen. It was set up at New Line Cinema. We have the rights back again. New Line just wasn't the right studio for it. Uh, but we still have some major producers attached. We've got a new script, and, and um, hopefully we'll have some good news soon. Excellent. All right, my friend. Best of continued success for, uh, to you, and uh, thanks for uh, joining us here. I really appreciate it. All right. Thank you, Steve Alton, ladies and gentlemen. All right. It's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. Yeah, so these, when I first uh, I read Meg a couple years ago or however long it came out, mm-hmm. and it was one of those books that just seemed like it was written for me because uh, it was just a whole book about things lurking in the ocean that are going to kill you uh, when you're not looking. And he clearly, he kind of tripped and fell into gold there because immediately, I mean, he kind of made a whole series out of it. So Bobby, uh, Fabo and I were uh, talking about the Meg books yesterday and whether they're going to make a movie out of it. So this, uh, the new books are fascinating. Though. So excellent. Well done. All right, Steve Alton, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, at the Ministry of Truth, let us now be joined by a man we can only refer to as your personal savior. And now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. 18-year-old Sean Michael LeGrew is at the Justice County Jail, or the Justice Center Jail downtown, charged with murder in connection with that stabbing last night at Southeast 83rd and Flavel. They were called at the intersection shortly before 10 with the reports of several people fighting in the street. The victim was found lying on the ground when officers arrived at the scene. He died a short time later. Well, a blind bowler has scored a perfect game. Yes, a blind Iowa man scored a perfect 300 game. At the Century Lanes Bowling Alley, uh, Dale Davis, who's 78, called the game quite a thrill. He rolled 12 back-to-back strikes, the first ever perfect game at Century Lanes in Des Moines. Excitement over the building, uh, yes? I'm sorry, you just know this is the biggest story that's ever happened there. You know that there's going to be a march to the town square, which he will not be able to see. A trophy that he will not be able to describe. Well, when I got to the 10th frame, I said, Lord, let me throw three more good balls. Well, he had uh, given up his passion for the sport after losing his sight years ago, but his sister brought him back to the lanes where he now plays six games a week. I mean, how would you... I can't see the land of the pin (laughs) and have a heck of a time finding my balls sometimes. The perfect game has been his goal for years. And if you see a crack somewhere, take a cock with you and try to seal that seal that crack up. <laughs> well, he has to feel for them. I guess so. <laughs> uh life. All right. Well, there you go. Here's Tim Riley. My I I thought that was re- relevant. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> well, you can't Tim, you can't 
You can't start until you find your pulse. <laughs> the police in Russia are investigating. Maybe your sister helps him. Uh, it doesn't say here. Sis, can you help me? My ball. I guess in the beginning he needed help, but <laughs> but now he knows where the balls are. Yes. Okay. So, uh, well, that is good news for everyone. Yeah. Yes, it uh, is. Police in Russia are investigating. After uh, people took their clothes off, climb walls, they were lying on the floor laughing after their school dinners were spiked with drugs. These teenagers, aged 13 to 15, were giving ecstasy in their soup and drinks at their school. Uh, teachers said the school had turned into a lunatic asylum. <laughs> Excellent. Doctors had called in, and the pupils are showing signs of intoxication, and prosecutors laid upon traces of ecstasy. An investigation is underway after experts established that the water contained uh, traces of amphetamines and uh, things known as components of the drug ecstasy, even you, in Russia. You really can't tell, by the way, from these stories where, like, the kids are the spiked with ecstasy or, you know, you get the, the teacher who's, who's spiked with LSD or something. You can really tell, you can extrapolate out from that, the, the, even without having taken them, the effect that different drugs have on different people. Because, you know, you get that story, about, well, he didn't know that it was spiked with hallucinogenic acid, or this, where somebody sprinkled ecstasy or ground-up ecstasy or whatever into something. Or you'll hear about that where, like, uh, cookies get spiked with pot when nobody's looking. Nobody ever spikes anything with cocaine. No one ever does. You know why? Because cocaine, you want to keep it over yourself! You know, whereas with pot, you'll have some, man. Like, I mean, I think that's the thing, right? You can, like, even... And I'll tell you now, I'm completely and utterly lame. I've never taken ecstasy, but you can already tell the kind of mood that it puts people in. Why? Because I want everybody to have some. Everybody have some ecstasy. No one ever does that with heroin. Everybody have some of my heroin. I mean, if you have heroin, you're just at home with the blinds drawn and a gun in your lap. So, there you go. Well, all right. So, I mean, really, I mean, in a way, that's a strange ringing endorsement of the drug. It does make you a giving person, it would seem. Let's do a corpse watch. Here's a corpse watch for Friday. I'm digging up phones, I'm digging up phones, zooming things that's better left alone. I'm resurrecting memories of love that's dead and gone. Here tonight I'm sitting alone, digging up phones. Well, as you know, cemeteries are running out of space because more people are dying as this country gets bigger. And the people dying are fatter, Tim. Mm -hmm. Well, now, there's a new option. After you die, uh, it, it dissolves bodies into lye, and it is a brownish, syrupy residue, and it can be flushed down the drain. The process is called alkaline hydrolysis. It was developed in this country 16 years ago. It uses lye, 300-degree heat, and 60 pounds of pressure per square inch to destroy bodies in to, big stainless steel cylinders. To melt and then power wash away your loved ones. They're similar to pressure cookers. Uh, no funeral homes in the U.S., or anywhere else in the world, uh, use them now, but it is a good idea. And because of its environmental advantages, uh, some of the funeral industries said it could someday rival burial and cremation. So they're basically just putting Dad in a big vat of acid when he dies. Mm -hmm. Well, okay, good for them. Well, I mean, it does seem to uh, it does seem to save space. Uh, psychopaths and dictators have long used uh, acid and lie to torture <laughs> and erase their victims. I'm sorry, I shouldn't be laughing at that. But, I mean, I didn't really expect there to be... That bends in the storage is now. Mm -hmm. Well, it's true, though. I mean, look, I mean, here's the thing you can say about psychopaths and, you know, mass murderers and so forth. I mean, they do know how to, uh, they do know how to handle bodies most of the time. I mean, efficiency is job one, really. If you got to, look, I mean, look, really honestly, I mean, if you've got 100,000 people to kill, there's no time for dallying around. You can't you really get that done. There's no, mm -hmm. otherwise, it's just work, work, work. 
So alkaline hydrolysis is legal in Minnesota and New Hampshire, where a Manchester funeral director is pushing to offer it. But he has yet to line up the necessary regulatory approvals, and some New Hampshire lawmakers want to repeal a little-noticed no- 2006 law legalizing it. So you can die here and then be buried in Massachusetts or where New, New Hampshire. Hampshire. Oh. Be turned into a brownish syrupy residue that what? can conveniently be be uh, dumped down the drains. <laughs> so you can... Oh, it seems... What is it? Live free or die? Is that yes. New Hampshire? Yes, no, is. see, isn't there a joke there? Live free or die in a... No. I don't know. I was trying to. I was trying to make a joke about the, the, the New Hampshire. Model. So the coffee-colored liquid has a consistency of motor oil and a strong ammonia smell. But proponents say it is sterile and can, in most cases, be safely poured down the drain. <laughs> I love the idea where suddenly even the most beloved family members are some sort of glorified goldfish, and you're just in the bathroom saying your final thoughts before dinner. Mm. So well. Brad Crane, the president of BioSafe Engineering of Brownsburg, Indiana, the county that makes the steel cylinders. Estimates 40 to 50 other facilities use them on human medical waste. Uh, and uh, liquid waste from uh, cadavers goes down the drain at both the Mayo Clinic and University of Florida. So they do use it. Well, okay. Cadaver. I barely knew her. The cylinders cost $300,000. Yeah, that seems, but that's like a one-time but that, cost. But this is getting on the ground floor of the... I mean, really, I have one word for you. Brownish liquid. That's two words. My jokes aren't coming, right? There's your word. Seems like there ought to be more humor in there. Well, what can you do? Humor. Doing things that's better left alone. I'm resurrecting. Those jokes will all come to me later tonight. I'll be sitting in bed and suddenly I'll have all kinds of one-liners about grandmother being reduced to a brownish paste. Seems like it ought to be funnier than it is. Uh, what are we doing? Hi, here on the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Hello. 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 Hi. Hello. 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 Hey, what's up? This is Corey. Hi, Corey. First time caller, long time listener. Excellent. Thank you, sir. Yes. Is Is your radio turned up? It is not. Okay. I had you guys on speaker, and I oh, muted the line speaker. out, you know, that way I could sit here with my phone on the desk while I was listening. But anyways, I had a question. I was curious if you or Sarah um, were following Big Brother 9 this year at all. Uh, I am not much of a reality TV fan, so uh, there's a couple shows. I watched The Apprentice for a while, and I kind of watch Survivor because my wife does, but I, I do not typically watch reality television programming. So, no. Uh, well, what about you, Sarah? Did you follow Big Brother at all? No, I've never seen that show. I've only, strangely enough, I've seen more episodes of the British Big Brother uh, than I have the American one because the American one is really sanitized. In Britain, though, it's like nothing but it's like nothing but sex and punching. So, uh, so I've watched a little bit of that, but no, I do not. So, was there a specific question you had? Uh, well, yeah. What was cool about this season is that somebody from Salem, her name was Natalie, was on. Um, was on the show, and, you know, she was a friend of mine, and it was, for me, it was cool to watch because, you know, it's somebody that you know, and you get to kind of, like, see what they do on TV and all that sort of stuff. Did you feel that she was, from your knowledge of Natalie watching Big Brother 9, did you feel that she was misrepresented via editing? Um, yeah, there was some creative editing on their part, for sure, but what's cool about Big Brother is that, you know, they have a live um, video feed that you can watch all the time on the web, so you can like see him all uncensored and stuff while the show's going on. It's kind so of she creepy. Was, she, what was that? I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yes. Oh, I was saying it was cool. She was totally herself during the, you know, um, during the live feeds, and then there's they also have like a Showtime uh, After Dark special, which is also like a live thing, and it happens every single night. 
and uh, you get to see what they do, like, after dark and stuff. It's weird. Like, I downloaded the whole entire after dark season off of the Internet, so I'm just, like, going through and watching is, Hold on all a second. Is Big Brother a CBS program, Tim? Do we know? I believe it so, is, yeah. It is. Guaranteed. God bless you. All right. See, that I feel so much better about this discussion. And I know there are people in the audience who watch these things. I sometimes think, and I don't know if I can't speak for anybody else here, but I... I sometimes, I don't, I'm not going to say that I wish I watched more reality programming, but I sometimes, I really feel my lack of knowledge there. Like, I, I, I just don't have the gene for reality programming, and I, and I really do, I feel that absence. It's like somebody who's kind of colorblind. I really do sort of, I, I really am aware of how empty my pop culture knowledge is when it comes to reality TV. All right, well, in any event, how long have you been listening, sir? I have been listening since... 2002 when oh, I lived right. up in Portland. So, yeah, it's definitely been a long time, and I've Excellent. never really had a reason to call in before oh. now. But, hey, I wanted to ask you real quick. Yes, sir. Natalie's a friend of mine, and we've been back in touch since she's gotten back from the show. Um, did you guys want to, like, interview her or anything like that? We, we probably, can, uh, probably we would do a bad job at that because it would be one of those things where I had to pretend like I knew more than I did. So probably not, but I have to say this in all sincerity. We do appreciate the fact that you have offered it to us first, my friend. Absolutely. Right. Hey, you know, even if you did want to and get people on the call or get people to just ask your questions who did watch the show, one thing um, that I did for when she was on the show is I built a huge <laughs> mailing list for by kind of siphoning wow. all the traffic from her site. So we could always, like, um, send an mm -hmm. email out to her list and, mm -hmm. and get some more listeners on the, mm -hmm. on the uh, web stream for mm -hmm. you. Just an offer. Probably. So. We'll drop me an email about it, sir. Drop you an email. Cool. Yes. And if anybody does want to check her out, you can check her site out at <laughs> artbynatalie.com. Wow. Thank you, sir. Yep. Peace. All right. Wow. What day is this? All right. Back after this, the Rick Emerson radio program. Don't go anywhere. We return after this with Tim Riley and Jim Roop. Holy diver, you've been down too long in the midnight It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Many, 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 many emails about Natalie on Big Brother Night. See, I knew that people watch it. What I didn't watch say? it. It's not important. Uh-oh. Well, can you give me a simple one? Oh, come on. She was on reality TV. She was weren't. not necessarily beloved by some of the listeners who watched that show. I will put it that way. I'm Big Brother 9. And again, I don't know her. As John Lee would say, I'm not knocking her or putting her down. Uh... The emails seem to be running against her, as they would say in New Hampshire. So, okay. This guy totally nailed it, though. Can I? Should I say that thing that I said to you during the break? Yeah. Here's my thing. Did you get the? Vi yeah. I'm not trying to knock that guy, <laughs> uh, Corey. I think his name was. I'm not trying to knock him. Uh, this is a worthwhile pursuit for a man. I'm just saying. Every single vibe I got after that call was that Natalie is his friend who he wants to, to pork, and he hasn't. Uh, and so, like, this is the whole, like, he, this is, like, you know, that it, that's the thing, that uh, that he wants to sleep with Natalie. And he thought that it would happen, like, by the time, because he set up the mailing thing for her and totally. everything, and, and he's like, he's like and it still hasn't happened. And maybe I can get you on a radio show where you'll get some attention or whatever. This email sums it up. Rick, about that shameless promoter of Natalie, and again, I'm not passing judgment, uh, you know, guys got to do what guys got to do. Something tells me she's really hot, and to his disappointment, they are still just friends. And this is his attempt to remedy that situation. Uh, we're all in agreement, sir. Ladies and gentlemen, from Los Angeles, 
CNN radio correspondent and golden god, Tim Riley. Uh, Tim Riley. I'm sorry. Whenever I say golden god, I'm so used to saying Tim Riley. Uh, Jim Roop. Hello, sir. How are you? I, I take it as a hell of a compliment. Thank you. <laughs> it's just, it's been a long week. Not a bad week. Sarah and I were talking about how, do you ever, like this, and I know everybody does, but in broadcasting, maybe it's a little bit different because... Your days go from, I, I, I mean, especially for you, like at the drop of a hat, somebody sets a fire, somebody goes to rehab, somebody gets caught showing their genitals, and then your day just suddenly starts going at warp speed. And it's been one of those weeks where um, everything has been really crazy and hectic and busy this week, but by the same token, the week has not really flown by for me. It's been a long week that he's that has been constantly busy. Uh, so, in any event, so well, what is there? Forty-five minutes left. Yeah, you know, I'm just saying, feeling a little, a little bit, a little bit of a frazzled week. Again, I'm not complaining because we got great jobs, and it would be, uh, I'd be a jerk to complain about it, so I'm not. Uh, but it is a week that has been uh, kind of like living in a blender this week. That's uh, how it's been. So understood. But you've been spending the day talking to children, haven't you? So I mean, it's uh, so it's been a little bit more vexing, perhaps, for you. Yeah, but you know what? I, 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 first of all. Uh, I'm probably one of the few in this business that likes doing MOS. Is that well? Yeah, because you I just love messing with. You love going out and just talking to the common man, or in this case, the common child. Yeah, and they're they're just so funny, you know. And and the kids, you know, when you say to a kid, "Look, I know you're going to get your mom a card or something, but you're in the living room, your mom and dad are in the kitchen. What have you heard her say she really wants?" <laughs> Well, she wants my dad to pay the bills instead of her. Oh, that's fantastic. That kind of stuff that I just love. So you know what you are? You are CNN's Alan Funt. Is that right? No, wait, not Alan Funt. Art Linkletter. Who's Art the guy Linkletter. that did kids say the darndest things? That's Art Linkletter. Art Linkletter. Bill uh, Cosby tried to do it. No, there's only one Art Linkletter. Yes, sir. Uh, and so now do you have, uh, is it too much to hope for? Do you have audio here? Oh, gee. Yeah, hang on a second. All right, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to ambush you there, but I... No, 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 no that's quite all right. Because I, And I have to say this, and this is not me blowing sunshine, but really, I think of all the people we talk to, you do the best man on the street stuff of anybody, because you do just have that sort of, you know, where you have such a, like a sort of calm, laid-back delivery, but I can always tell that you're just putting the microphone in front of their face, waiting for them to say something <laughs> weird. Now, hang on a second. I just I gotta I gotta I gotta get something here. Sure. Okay? Now where did now where did you? This sounds so creepy. I went to. Where uh, did you go to find children, Jim? Uh, elementary school. <laughs> <laughs> I just I just hang out by the fence and you know, hey kid, come here. I got me a big bag of candy and a hustler. Uh, so. Uh, hey kid, hang on. I got. Uh, sure. I got you covered here. All right, my friend. What is it? Uh... I should say while you're looking for this that I several times now have forgotten that Mother's Day was this weekend. Ah. And at one point, Susan Reynolds, our marketing director, you know, she actually came into my office and took a huge Sharpie, and I have this big wall calendar that I face when I'm sitting at my desk, and she took a, she herself as a mother, and she circled Mother's Day like a hundred times in a red Sharpie so that I would not have any excuse for forgetting about it. Because <laughs> so, i got to buy my mom something, and i got to get something for my mother-in-law. You know, the best I can do for you is, is play one of the pieces I put together. Sure, absolutely. All right, here it comes. We're all ears. I can't believe Mom's hoping for the more traditional Mother's Day gift. A lot of diamonds. Flowers, a purse or perfume. Then there are those who know their mom pretty well. Um, I would say like those portable people that cook food for her. <laughs> she wants portable people that cook food for her. Yeah. What do you, what do you call those people? Oh, uh, chefs. Chefs. Butlers. Chefs. Butlers. Butlers. Is your mom? What your mom wants? Yeah. Your mom, your mom doesn't like to cook. 
she doesn't like to call. And that's a bum. There you go. That's fantastic. So the moral here is separate the kid from the handler for a moment, and you're going to get the truth. Oh, yeah. Like this one kid, this, this is, a, this is a, a second grader now, talking about how her mom likes Nora Roberts' books. You know, she's a romance right. novelist. Right. And you ask her, say, well, where's your dad when she's reading these books? Oh, you had some interesting answers. I can't find that one, though. Okay. So <laughs> How screwed is that? I do, I do sort of like the image of you just, like, bent over a filing yeah. cabinet right now, sort of paging through, looking for the... It's terrible, isn't should it? Should I be stretching right now? Yeah, you know what? I really, <laughs> I'm I really trying to should. fill, brother. I really, I'm trying. I'm trying. I suck at this, don't I? <laughs> this is, you know what it is right now. This segment is like, uh, is is like okay. lucky. This segment is like Lucky Charm cereal, and I am the brown stuff right now between the marshmallows. Just filling time. Just waiting to see if you're going to come up with another one. It just adds to your week, doesn't it? I'll speak really slowly while we try to find this next soundbite <laughs> of a delightful <laughs> child. It, it, uh, it's not going to happen, is it? Uh, wait, hang on. <laughs> uh, oh, I got some Mexican stuff, too. It's pretty interesting. <laughs> okay. No, 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 Dude, you play it. whatever you want. I'm just sitting here. I got all day. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's yeah. Friday. I don't all right, care. Here's one for you, you son of a gun. Some kids say mom wants the big ticket item. A new car. He really wants a new house. Others say it's more of what she needs. A jewelry box. Does she have a lot of jewelry? Yes. She just puts them in two boxes. Two boxes? You can't. Is it nice jewelry? No. It's not nice jewelry? <laughs> no cat. She's allergic to them. So what she wants is something she doesn't want, which is cat. <laughs> I guess so. Still others say they know exactly what mom wants for Mother's Day. She really wants love. Yeah, how sappy is that? That's fantastic. Yeah, I like these kids, man. All right. You know, the thing about kids, sometimes people... We were doing um, earlier this week. We were doing a, uh, a fundraiser for for a foster kids organization here in Portland, the Trillium um, Center, which is uh, they they provide mental health services to foster kids and their families. And anyway, so Sarah and I are doing not just us, all of CBS, but we're doing a with Sleep Country USA. We're doing a, a fundraiser uh, for this foster kid center. And I was, you know, so as much as we as much as we sort of uh, you know poke fun at kids or whatever here, the thing about kids is that, that for me is they are. They are so great, especially when it's somebody else's kids, because then you can do the Jim Rube thing of just trying to get, like, the honest answer out of them. You know what I mean? Because then, then they become, like, little mini entertainment centers for your amusement. Well, i got to play you this one. All right. This is, this, is, this is a typical kid here. If you ask kids what mom would want, if she could have anything, you get quite a variety of answers. Keep been quiet. All the money to be the president. If your mom could have anything for Mother's Day, she'd want to be the president? Yeah. The president of moms. <laughs> that doesn't even make any sense, but it's so great. Is that a total kid? Yeah. Totally. The president of moms. The and great... then he runs away like he got me. You know? This <laughs> <laughs> is beautiful. Like he was just like he just delivered his final Henny Youngman one letter, and I'm out. <laughs> All right. That's fantastic. Can you play that one one more time? Uh, yeah. Let's see. If you ask kids what mom would want, if she could have anything... You get quite a variety of answers. He's been quiet. All the money to be the president. If your mom could have anything for Mother's Day, she'd want to be the president? Yeah. The president of moms. <laughs> <laughs> and I like the idea that, she, you know, that that's it. That like she's going out. Like that's her free bird. Yeah. You know, she finishes on that and she's done. Curtain down. Show over. 
Excellent. All right, my friend. Uh, well, uh, happy Mother's Day to Mrs. Roop. Well, thank you. Yes, and uh, enjoy your weekend, my friend. We will talk to you uh, on Monday or shortly thereafter, I'm Thanks. sure. Thanks very much. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Jim. There you go. Jim Roop, ladies and gentlemen. I love that guy. Wonderful. Okay. Hey, uh, let's now welcome to the Rick Emerson Show, Richie Bristol. Can you uh, welcome Scott Daly into the uh, studio here? We will have Scott Daly join us here, who I believe is going to be reviewing Speed Racer. Um, oh, and I think I just found my dress for the listener party. Really? Can I see it? Mm-hmm. What about that? Oh, hey, look at Joni that. thinks that I might be able to borrow that. Hey, now. All right. I like that. So uh, Scott Daly here, uh, now actually, uh, still to come, we'll have a few moments with Dennis Pitsenbarger. He's got an event happening tomorrow, and we will count down the top five songs about transvestites, plus more news from Tim Riley. Hello, Scott Daly. Hi. Hello, Brooke Shields. Hello. How are you? Uh, I'm I'm a little weirded out. This week, uh, my class reunion's coming up. In June. For how how many 20, years? 20 years. My 10th year old. I know. And you uh, know what they did? They posted everyone's senior picture at our class reunion Please, website. not to give me the website. <laughs> give it to me now. All right, Glencoe1988.com. Glencoe, like G-L-E-N-C-O-E. C-O-E. 1988.com. Now, the good news is we're beating everybody on the delay here. <laughs> oh, damn it. Mine doesn't show up. G-L-E-N-C-O-1988. G-L-E-N-C-O-E. Crap, the delay's catching up. All right, hold on, Glencoe1988.com. Now, uh, when you get there... It, it, when you get there, uh, you're going to see a link on the left-hand side for senior photos. Click on that link. Hold on, I'm still loading. I haven't I'm even... Still even... All right, there we go. Stupid. Oh, senior picture. Stupid browser. Oh, come on. And uh, what they're doing is everybody who has a senior picture up, those who, who want to can send in a current picture and a little bit about themselves. So after you see my picture, you'll see, yes, I definitely did want to send an updated picture, but I gave the Rick Emerson Show and AM 970 a little bit of love God as bless well. you. Thank you, sir. You're welcome. I can't even, I can't even get to load. I'm just blank. It's, uh, yeah. It's not the, that's a, the CB. Oh, here we go. Yeah. All right. Wait, senior pictures? Mm-hmm. Bam. Mm-hmm. All right. Wait, now making your pictures isn't loaded. Are these going to be all right? Here we go. Alphabetical. And you got us. Yes, they're all listed by A, B. Damn it. So forth. This is really funny. Oh. Be too hard. Wait. To here we go. Senior pictures. Oh no! I can't get it to. See now. No, I can't get it to load. Service is temporarily available. Uh, unavailable. Damn it, oh. Scott Daly! Why would you do this to us? <laughs> oh, here we go. I want to see an embarrassing photo. <laughs> I am living in the thriving metropolis of St. Helens, Oregon. Now, does it have a senior photo? I, it's not. It's not loading yet. I am co-host of Film Fever Radio, a weekly film review. Oh wait, here we podcast. go. All right. Uh, are they alphabetical by last name? They are. Yes. Dally. You don't have a picture up. No, it's up there. You don't exist. Uh, Dally. Wait, here we go, Scott Daly. All right. Wait a second. They, they should be loading as the regular pictures, and then when you click on the link, it takes you to the current picture. So you just click. Oh, so I, I see. So I'm waiting for this to wait load. For the load. Yeah. All right. So uh, well, this is really exciting. I know, but I is know. it is it bad? What am I going to see here? Oh. What you, you would have been what eighteen here? Uh, yes, right. seventeen, well, eighteen. I, I'm eighteen at the end. Of, I, my birth is the end of May, and now the so. delay has caught up, of course, and so now everybody in front of a computer is learning this. <laughs> my God! Please, please let me see it. I can't. It's, it's killing me. Wow! <laughs> I'm going to make that our MySpace profile oh. picture right now. Oh, that's fantastic. That is gold, nerd. Yes, I was. Jesus. <laughs> so you can see, I mean, not that mine's anything to see oh, no. that, but you I mean... Can, you can see the urgency for me to uh, to post a now picture as yeah. soon as humanly not possible. Oh, <laughs> wow. Save as. That's really good. Yeah. Jesus. So, uh... 
You were the squarest. It's been kind of uh, reminiscing this week and yeah. kind of up So and wait, down so you're now you're going now. to your reunion? You know, are you got to pay? Are they charging it's you? A whole, it's a whole weekend thing. There's the what surpri- the weekend? Why would you possibly? Out of I mean, town. I, I'm going to Friday night alumni thing only because that's the thing where you drink. You going by yourself? Yes. Okay, good. That's so the way I'm to do. I'm going by myself. I'm going to drink. I'm not going to go to the Saturday thing and the Sunday. It's a big and don't. And I mean, and I know you are. You're dating right now, but the thing is, you gotta go. You go alone. Don't take you. Yeah, I mean, it's just for anybody that is considering. I think Sarah's still weighing whether to go to hers. I, I think I'm going to do it. Don't if you you know don't take uh, don't take. I know I'm not going to bring anybody. Yeah, you know? it's it's because it's it's no, I mean, I know for them. One of my good buddies, you know. um, we were good friends in art class in high school, and I really haven't seen him since we graduated. But he's a super cool guy, and um, he's been living in San Francisco, and he's like one of the only people that I know from my class who hasn't had kids, who isn't married, right, yeah. who just like loves going out and listening to music. You know, just like one of like a good buddy of mine. So I'm like, he said he's gonna go. So since he's going, I'm going. And, and from what I've heard, actually, the 10 year one is really the worst one. The 21 year one, no one really cares. I just want to get together and just. Hang Why out. would the 10 year one be the worst? Is because it because you're desperately trying to be impressive and like, beautiful yeah. and you look at me? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Might as well get so many so. pictures of kids. Uh, yeah. Oh, have, have so. all of your classmates spawned? All of them. Um, yeah. I had like three. I, I had three good girlfriends um, in high school, and all of them have two plus kids. Of course. Of course and I think they uh, they're do. all like you know farming their third ones at this and point. Farming. <laughs> farming. <laughs> um, and and I mean I think the thing you, you might be right about that too with the tenure where you. I think by the time you get to your twenty year reunion, to which I will also not be going by the way, uh, that you just. You know, you've either done or not done whatever you're going to do or yeah. not do. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's not like you're going to be, at the age of 70, you're going to be a world-famous novelist all of a sudden. Uh, <laughs> one has either, you know, one is one is one is either uh, gotten on the road uh, to something, a better life, something or one great. hasn't. If you have it by now, not going to happen. So, well, and actually, I was debating not going at all uh, until these senior pictures were posted. And eventually, throughout, and you suddenly throughout, remembered some girls you might have a chance with now because you work at a bank. Exactly. But I mean, <laughs> I, 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 dude, I'm seriously, I know. Have you met me? I do a radio program and I work at a bank. I mean, is this something like if you saw somebody, are you at the point in your life where you could pursue outside endeavors? Like, if you saw somebody you had a crush on in high school? Oh, you no, I don't. I No, no. I, I didn't care about these people 20 years ago. You know, I just want to go and see oh, what became well. people and just to chat with folks and just, you know, just to, to catch up with folks, you know. But, um, you know, I, it's just more of a morbid curiosity more than anything to see how people turned out, which is why I think any of us really go. I mean, I really, I've got one or two friends who I'd like to see who I haven't seen in probably 20 years. How much is it going to cost with. you? 30 bucks. Oh, see, no. Can I, Mine's 40 bucks. Dude, okay, well, what the hell is that then? So the, the Kennewick one, the, the, the stupid Kennewick well, High School one. the Friday. Okay, but but they wanted two hundred and fifty dollars for what? For mine, and it was like only two days to rent the grain hall or something. <laughs> <laughs> totally. I mean, that's, I mean, the general store is going to be rented out. Uh, they were two hundred and fifty goddamn for MFA dollars for two days to F- see people from Kennewick. F that. That's exactly Jeez. what I said, and, and that was for the ten year. Oh my god, that was for oh. the ten year. All right, so I don't even know what it would be now if I was going to go to my 20-year. They have family not. day for mine. It's like, family what's your family? Like, uh, yeah, no way. our family does like that Sunday. It's like, I'm going to pass. I'm no, pass. I'm going to pass. Yeah, we're having our, I guess, a, a country club, which is right near my parents' Ooh, office. Shit. Now, do you guys, did you go to college? I went to about two, I've got about. Did you graduate from college? No. Okay. <laughs> Sarah, you went to college. Are There are there are college reunions, aren't there? I think so. I sound like such a rube because I don't know. That's but a I mean, question. because I would, I, I would think, and maybe I'm wrong about this. I was always told. Here's some conventional wisdom that I was always told, and I don't know if it's true or not. 
Somebody told me that the friends you make in high school are maybe intense but temporary, but the friends you make in college are life lifetime friends. I have like, I would believe that. No, I don't. No, I don't. I'm in touch with hardly anybody from college. Because right. I mean, it's. I think it's easier in high school because a lot of people I knew. We went, you know, we went to separate colleges, and then we'd all come back for holidays and stuff. But after college, everyone goes and does their own careers and moves to different cities. Oh, that's true, I guess. And mo- yeah. mo- most of my friends in high school, I didn't even meet at high school. I had, I, I belonged to some youth group thing, and I, I met all my friends who I still hang out with today. Yeah. So I, you know, most of my friends in high school, like I said, there's two or three guys I like to go see who don't live in state, and I think they're coming out for it, and I'll go to hang out with them, and you know. See what everyone else is up to. Are you gonna, are you gonna like buy slash rent a suit for the occasion? Be honest. <laughs> No. Please tell me, are you going to go to any sort of a salon, anything you're going to get you get the makeover before you go? No, I'll make my haircut. There are no girls at your high school reunion that you want to impress. No. Look at the senior pictures. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> this, okay, set and match. Sorry. Uh, let's do this, and then we'll talk briefly about Speed, uh, speed Racer, and then we'll take a break. Uh, is this uh, Mailman Chris? Hello? Hey. Hello, sir. How are you? Not too bad. Sorry, the phone had problems here. Hey, I wanted to call in and say thank you to you guys for uh, uh, sponsoring, you know, talk, doing spots for the uh, the Letter Carriers Food Drive that's coming up this Saturday, Absolutely. tomorrow. Absolutely. You know, I've come in in years past, and unfortunately I don't get a day off this year, so I wanted to take a quick second here and remind everyone bags are out. Uh, we'll be out in force tomorrow picking them up. Please donate as much as you can. The Oregon Food Bank is really depleted this year, and with food costs and gas costs going up all the time, uh, they're expecting – they said they expect less donations this year. I want to prove them wrong. So this is – and so the, the that's the yellow bag uh, that was dropped off, what, earlier this week? I got mine yesterday. Uh, yeah, I got mine. And then uh, the deal is you put healthy, non-perishable food inside of it, uh, and that's tomorrow, and then the letter carriers, uh, letter carriers will, will pick it up and do the rest. Absolutely. All you have to do is put it out there. If you can put, you know, if if you can spare one can, put one can out. If you can spare a, a paper bag or a cardboard box, whatever you put out there, we'll take. It, you know, just has to be non-homemade, non-perishable, and can't be glass. It has right. to be, you know, boxes. But you know, boxes of pasta and cans of soup and tuna fish, stuff like that. You know, and and then the Oregon Food Bank. We have volunteers from. Um, some bank, I can't remember the name of it, can load the trucks. They load them into trucks, and it all goes to the Oregon food banks right here in Portland. Now, are you or, gonna... or in your area, if you're listening online, because it is a nationwide program. Uh-huh. Now, are you going to use your, your, your kids' slave labor to help you haul around food all day tomorrow, Chris? <laughs> I, I will. My two youngest uh, See on the are out of that, there with the little red wagon, and they, they uh, I just deliver the mail. They walk up, grab the bags, put them in there, and... You know, away they go. All right, so, so, so Wells Fargo is helping out with that? Yes, yes, okay. we have volunteers helping out with that. Too. Excellent. So All right, so that, is, uh, so that is happening tomorrow. You should have the yellow bag at your house. And, uh, yeah, we're, uh, as always, every year we're, we're proud to help with this. So, uh, anyway, so let us know on Monday. Kind of let us know sort of uh, sort of how it went out there. Yeah, absolutely. And, and uh, you'll see some – I'll put some pictures up. I've got my food drive logo on there right now. That's on my MySpace profile. That's why I don't have the poster like everybody else. Yes. Uh, no, I, I did see that, by the way. If you go to my MySpace page, have you looked at my MySpace uh, yeah. Go look at my top friends. 
Okay. All right. Uh, all right, my friend. Uh, well, good luck with that, and I'll, I'll certainly be pitching in and uh, give us a ring Monday and let us know how things went. I will do. Thank you, sir. All right. All right there you go. Fantastic. Excellent. There you go. Um, all right, Rick Emerson, Miss Space. In a, in a moment here, we'll, we'll take a break. We'll come back more with uh, Tim Riley. Dennis will be in. We'll do the top five friends' best night songs. Speed Racer. Oh, that's awesome. How cool is that, huh? All right. Well, now I have to change back the Rick Emerson show. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was thinking about that. If you go, if you go to myspace.com. Slash Rick Emerson. Uh, the, and I didn't ask anybody to do that, by the way. God bless the best audience ever. I didn't ask anybody to change their MySpace picture to the Emerson's 11 logo. I did not ask a single person to do it. Perhaps I shall do that it as well. There was, up uh, there was a that. bunch of people, God bless them, yeah. who made the Emerson's 11 logo their MySpace picture. And so I enough people did it. I actually, there were people I didn't even, I couldn't, didn't have room to use, uh, where... All of my friends now are the Emerson Lemon. Oh, Emerson's dude, I'm totally copying. That was totally, that. Yeah, yeah. I think I'm going to do that too this weekend. All right. um, <laughs> Speed Racer. Speed Racer, the the newest film from the Wachowski brother, Wachowski brothers, excuse me, uh, since, what, five years since Matrix Reloaded yeah. was out? Uh, it's like a big Hot Wheels commercial. It, first of all, it's a long movie. So if you're going to take your kids to see this thing, it's 133 minutes. That, what, what possible two hours well, of material could there be yeah. for yeah. racing cars? So that gives you an idea of, of some of the bat, the uh, the emptiness that's in this film. Uh, the problem with the Rokowskis at this point is, a- after The Matrix, it became like with uh, J.K. Rowling, where just nobody was allowed to edit her. Right. She was just so big that she could say, that's what it is, and you can't edit a word. I mean, and then they say it from their secret bunker in Utah somewhere. Uh, yeah, I mean, and, it's just, and there's just nobody, you know, there's nobody allowed to tell them no. Now, I will say this. The cast was great. I mean, John Goodman was born to play the role of Pops. Uh, Susan Sarandon played Speed's mother. Christina Ricci looking hot. Really? Hot as balls. As really? Crazy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Take your word for yeah, it. I'm telling you, the All helicopter. Right. Fair enough. Mm, nice. And they use a real monkey. As as uh, as Chim Chim. I love the idea that they have CGI everything. The entire movies and whatever. No, we must have a real monkey. Well, yes, exactly. Well, fair enough. So yeah, it's it's, it's eye candy. It's very neat to look at. It's very fast. Uh, it's very loud. Uh, Storyline is a little empty. There's not a lot there. Uh, the, you know, there's there's some very long race sequences. Uh, but it, overall, it's a fun movie. I wouldn't say you know rush it out and see it. Uh, I don't. I think Iron Man is going to kick its ass this weekend. Yeah, personally. I just well, Iron Man. The word of mouth on Iron Man is just so strong. That's I mean, everybody, even people who don't typically like superhero films, are like, you've got to see it. I mean, think of it this way: Iron Man opened up last weekend uh, domestically at 102 million dollars. Yeah. If it does 50 percent business, that's still 51, 52 yeah. million dollars. And Speed Racer doesn't have a chance doing that this weekend. In your face. It's a good. It's a fun kids movie. It's 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 a fun family movie. It's it's a it's a really solid film about about family values and the core. Is it Iron Man. There. No, no, speed, oh, race. speed race. Yeah, uh, but it's 133 minutes, man. Yeah. I mean, it's about 25, 35 minutes. Some judicious long. editing called for. Yes, All indeed, right. indeed. But well, it is fun to look at. It's pretty. Let's take a break. We'll come back a few moments with Dennis Pitsenbarger around the corner, Tim Riley, more with Scott Daly, and we'll do the top five transvestite songs. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. It's 503-733-2970. In just a moment, Tim Riley does more headlines for us in the top five. Dennis Pitsenberger from Miles Around. Hello, sir. How are you doing today? What's up, brother man? Uh, you know, all kinds of things going on. I have to say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put it to rest. I don't... 
I've only seen two of the 138 minutes of Speed Racer. <laughs> of the endless. And and I can tell you right now, Rick, uh, that movie, I knew it was going to suck and, and and badly from the first trailer. So I can, I can pretty much alleviate uh, anybody having to worry about blowing their 12 bucks or their 16 bucks or popcorn money or whatever. I'm just going to tell you right now, as a long-time Speed Racer uh, fanatic and car guy, um, you know, I'd rather go see Sex in the City with Sarah. It just doesn't seem like there's a whole lot to the movie. Make That's movie. my thing. There isn't. It's, it's a very pretty, nice-looking, colorful, pop, you know, poppy. It's yeah. pop. It sucks. It's, I'm sorry. I mean, it's cut to the chase, man. You have no problem judging this book by its cover. No, I don't. I mean, I just what plot can you make out of a 17-minute, within a half-an-hour TV program where most of the time all the people did, I mean, you know, radio jarring, but just the mouth going, mah, 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 you know, and a monkey jumping around like he's on crack. I mean, it's, Dennis, it has a real monkey in it. I will say, by the way, this is coming from a guy who is planning to sit and watch a bunch of grown men drive in a circle for three hours. So, you know. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm I thought I'd, you know, just... I'm check. just saying, watch well, two and a half of that at Speed Racer, so you get you know, a little bit of both right there. I would rather I would rather watch, I would rather them make a NASCAR race a thousand miles that lasted for 16 hours because they had a speed limit than watch Speed Racer. Duly noted. I, I mean, I, there's no way in the world, you know. Speaking of NASCAR? Speaking of NASCAR, this is the weekend. We're having our NASCAR viewing party. We've got all kinds of stuff going on. We've got bands. Big Jim, my co-host, is going to be coming over and doing some comedy. He's got a friend of his, uh, Don Sloan. Uh, not Don Sloan. Don Sloan works upstairs. Excuse me. Don Frost is going to be doing some comedy. Appetite for Deception, the Guns N' Roses tribute band is going to be there playing for us. Uh, Harley Davidson. we got Supermoto writers. All kinds of stuff. It's going to be fun. But uh, the thing, I actually had, I wanted you to see this because I know you talked about it before. It was the uh, boy and his mother who's now suing because they, uh, uh, the little boy got hit by a uh, by a, a hybrid. hybrid because he couldn't hear it. So. There you go, Tim. More uh, proof was... that your device needs to be created. Mom blames quiet running. <laughs> mm-hmm. Excellent. All right, then. I'm so, going to put this over here. You put that, uh, hang so, on to that. Uh, when and where for tomorrow? Uh, tomorrow, Dominic's uh, off McLaughlin and Oak Grove. It starts about 4 o'clock, goes till bands will start about 9 o'clock. We'll be there till the liquor runs out. Absolutely. And Appetite for Deception, by the way, those guys are fantastic. Yeah, they're going to be in studio with us tomorrow. We're going to have Bozik in studio with us talking about his Cascade track time. That's going to cool. be fun. Uh, all kinds of stuff. It's going to be Miles fun. around tomorrow, 9 to 11. Yeah, uh, thanks for the plug. Uh, and by the way, if you plan on going to see Speed Racer tomorrow in the afternoon, do not. Uh, just Drop the kids off at Grandma's and come to the party. All right. Duly noted. Dennis Pittsburgh, ladies and gentlemen. At the Ministry of Truth, your personal savior. And now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. The Las Vegas judge is in hot water. Elizabeth Harperson mistreated everyone around her, including her, fa- her former bailiff, whose name is Johnny Jordan Jr., who has since resigned. The bailiff said... Harrison made him feel like a houseboy. He claims a judge who is obese and uses a motorized scooter to get around made him put on her shoes, massage her back, cover her with a blanket for naps, and made sure her oxygen tank was filled. <laughs> yeah, that was all kind of sexy until the oxygen tank at the end. <laughs> and she asked him... And to clean her folds. Do you want to worship me from near or afar? Uh, mm. Since then, the 50-year-old obese judge has been locked out of her courtroom... Uh, amid the hullabaloo, she has filed for re-election. She's looking for a six-year term <laughs> yeah. and is uh, soliciting contributions to her website. Well, maybe those uh, displaced Hillary Clinton workers can go uh, help her out. Two Chicago men are accused of killing a woman because she talked too much. Chicago Tribune reports Martin Lyons and Nico Lewis have each been charged with first-degree murder in the death of Tamika Hinton. Uh, prosecutors claim the two men were in her car 
when uh, Lewis began beating the woman for talking too much. Lyons is also accused of strangling her with a belt. Uh, they're also uh, charged with stealing her cell phone, which they uh, programmed the message, she's gone forever. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> That's Jeez. so creepy. Jesus. Well, that kind of made an otherwise uh, an otherwise run-of-the-mill Chicago story a little bit interesting. She won't be returning her call. Uh, Sarah, do we have time for the top five? No. Okay. You know what? This is making me so mad. I'm trying to do this, and I have 23 people. I see one more person to fill it, and I can't find a single person. Tim Riley, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> greatest newsman in the history of the world running for the door. Back at four, five, six, and 7. All right, then. Uh, shall we break, then? We could. Okay, then. Let's take a break. We'll come back uh, around the corner. Some phone calls for Scott Daly, and so forth. Uh, like is coming up at 3. Uh, Michael Maris show at 7. Miles around tomorrow, 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Uh, so this top five will happen then Monday. I'm going to put that in the Monday pile. One thing already done for Monday. All right, uh, back after this, the Rick Emerson Show. Stay right there. see like a short film or a parody film that you think is going to be really good and then it's not but you still love the idea so much you want it to be good and you watch it again Glengarry Glen Girl Scouts not good seems like it ought to be you want it to be isn't all right uh, oh, you know what? I totally forgot about this. I saw an ad for this in the paper yesterday uh, that uh, the that, that zombie film festival uh, it's tonight at the Hollywood. Um, it's being run by the guys who do the H.P. Lovecraft Film Festival, uh, and it's 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 like, and they're doing I think it's seven zombie films in a row, uh, including uh, Brain Dead, uh, oh. which Brain Dead, which was also which was released under the name of Dead Alive, Dead Alive, right. uh, which is great. Dead Alive is awesome. Yeah, yeah. So uh, and disgusting and mostly awesome. Yeah. yeah. So that's so that's it's that, and I think Dawn of the Dead and some other crap. So some, I mean, some classic zombie stuff out there at the Hollywood. Uh, you can find out more at zompire dot com. Z u m p i r e dot com. We're here with Scott Daly. Uh, like is coming up at three. Uh, Michael Mara show at seven miles around tomorrow, nine to eleven, preceded by uh, Car and Driver Radio. Let's get a couple of uh, phone calls here. It's five. We never did the Lost recap either. Oh yeah, you're right. And it was such an amazing episode. Okay, yeah. Wow. Wait, we have, like, did you watch? Do you watch Lost? I haven't seen any of this episode this okay. evening. So we, what do we have? Six minutes here. Yeah. Well, right, I mean, we, we don't. We don't need to do it now. Well, we can see. We'll, we'll put it out there. It's five zero three seven three three two nine seventy five zero three seven three three two nine seventy. We will do random calls slash lost calls. Calls from now until the end of the, the program. Music? Oh yeah, let me do that. It's five zero three seven three three two nine seventy. We'll do random calls slash lost calls until the end. Hello, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hey Rick. Hey. Uh, I have a question about Family Guy. I don't know if you guys know, but um, Stewie, you yeah. know, yes, Brian sir. can obviously hear him. The others pay attention to his actions. But do they actually hear his words? That is ridiculous because I just was having this conversation last night with somebody. I would say, well, I'm sorry, maybe too early for me to weigh in because I've only seen like eight episodes. But there was an episode, I think this happens a lot, uh, I was watching yesterday where he was trying to kill Lois. 
Yeah. And Lois is always like, oh, you're being fussy, Stewie. Yeah. But she doesn't yeah, hear him exactly. talking. So it's like a wah, 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 wah. I thing. think everybody can hear Stewie except Lois and Peter. I think that may be the deal, oh. is that everybody but the adults can understand him. It is very much like a, like a peanuts in reverse kind of thing. And who loves Whoa. Herbert, the creepy old man? Yeah, no. He's my favorite. You can Stop. take off your top if you want. I see you ride with your shorts with the wind blowing through the beach. I like that. I like the, uh, the gay dude. He's like, hi, y'all. <laughs> oh, hi, y'all. Shutter. All right. There he goes. And it's your question, sir. Uh, yeah, more or less. All right, thank you, my friend. <laughs> hey, Sarah. There was no answer. See you next you Thursday. You got popsicles? <laughs> I got a whole freezer full of popsicles in my cellar. You have to stop. <laughs> Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. <laughs> Are you of Asian descent, sir? Are you an Asian person? I'm uh, Filipino black. I'm not going to tell you the... Uh, is this, oh, is this, oh, this, this is, is Boba, Boba Fett. Fett. All right, okay. All right. Yeah. You can say that. It's All right. Okay. Hey, I had a... Yeah, I can say it. Um, <laughs> three things. One, uh... Scott Daly, there's a uh, monkey you... in Speed Racer. Does it dance? <laughs> it's an inside joke that we're oh. not going to reference. Two? Um, that and uh, in Iron Man? Yes. They're talking about, uh, I'm surprised, no, I don't know if you've already mentioned it, but they say uh, New Direction. Really, yes, they do, do they? Yes, they do. Yes, they do. And I was the only one in my theater. It's right after he has his breakdown and he says they're not going to make weapons. Were you the random single you laugh? The, uh, You're the random guffaw yeah. in the back. Oh, it, it got even worse because they say it twice because he's like, you mean the press isn't happy with my new direction. So Excellent. I start laughing. Fantastic. And then the other guy says it again and I'm like, oh, dear God. And everyone's Gold. like, what's so funny? I'm like, you don't know. You suck. Wonderful. Um, that, and if you go... Uh, YouTube, Alpha Team Speed Racer Hardcore, there is kind of like a Richie-type mix in the middle um, where they take all of the uh, grunts, groans, and noises uh, every time he crashes, and they turn it into... Uh, like porn music? Yeah. I saw, oh, them, I saw somebody do that with a women's tennis match a while back. Apex, <laughs> Apex Twin does a great a remix of Speed Racer with the Trixie and the speed thing going on. Oh, right. Thank great. you, sir. Messed up. He is all messed right. up. <laughs> Have a good weekend, my friend. All right, all right, there you go. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hey, Rick, thanks for taking my call. Hey, um, hey that Blood Rock record, I have that record, heck, it was years and years and years ago, but Lucky in the Morning is a great song on that record. The uh, the, the, the Blood Rock LP, Lucky in the Morning. The only yeah. other one I've heard is like Children's Heritage or some crap. So. Uh, I don't know. I just I, I knew the one that had Lucky in the Morning, that was the All second right. one that I think I stole from the racks of KUGR at uh, Edward Murrow Communications Center when I was studying broadcasting at Washington State Good University. Right. Sir. Well yeah, done. There you go. There you go. Thank you. Thank you. All right, 503-733-2970. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello, Rick. Hello, you. Uh, I've been listening to you guys for 10 years, and you light up my life. Aw, thank you, sir. You're welcome. Okay, I've got something for uh, Johnny Knoxville to say for yes, a liner I, note. Yeah, we, so we have this thing. We're going to be giving away um, the, the Jackass DVDs. And I guess as part of it, they sometimes give us these offers where we can have the person voice something. They can do like a liner. Uh, and so uh, I have no idea what to have Johnny Knoxville say. What would he say, sir? AM970. Ow, my balls. Okay, that's kind <laughs> yeah. of funny. All right, ow, my balls. <laughs> done and done, sir. Thank you. You're welcome. All right. Thank you for listening. Will we see you next Thursday? Yes. All right. Thank you. I'm going to start saying that all the time. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson radio program. Random calls till the end of the show. Hello. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Random calls till the end of the show. And we're done. All right. I love the telephone. It's a wondrous device, isn't it? <laughs> all an right. amazing piece of machine. Well, we got an awkward amount of time. We're like a minute? Yeah. Something like that. Scott Scott Radio.com. 
We uh, review Speed Racer a little bit, and we also uh, we go on and on about the new Dark Knight trailer, which is all kinds Dude, of fantastic. Can I just tell you that when that came out, I think last Sunday, yeah. ten days or something like yeah, that, Sunday. I watched that high-def trailer uh, for the Dark Knight like a hundred times in a row. As did I. I mean, over, I. and here's how much of a nerd I am. I was watching it, and then I was like pausing it and doing like a frame-by-frame frame uh -huh. thing. So like, did I really see what I thought I saw at the minute 56 mark? And just being like a total retard mm -hmm. yep. about the whole thing. The scene with Harvey Dent in the car with the gun to his jumped uh, up. And seeing like who was... Like, oh, oh, yeah. And trying to see like who was driving the van and who yeah. was... I mean, I was just like being a total freak. All right. Fantastic. Uh, and so there's that. And we also tune into Film Free Radio to find out who's rumored to be Captain America in the upcoming oh. Avengers movie. All right, mm -hmm. Let's do a couple more here. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, kids. It's Mailman Brian. Hello. Quick Hi. Quickly, sir. Hey there, quickly. Uh, thanks for mentioning the food drive. Thanks to Mailman Chris for throwing it out there. We appreciate Absolutely. all that help. We will see you guys Thursday at the party. Thanks, thanks. I'm out. Bye. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. <laughs> okay. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick. How's it going? What's up, sir? Hey, man. You know, with the, uh, the news bot, you guys should do the... Uh, the Jesus statue, the ransom note. Oh, yeah, okay. No, 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 no. I see what you're talking. No, no, no. I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. All right. Excellent. Duly noted. Play it, buddy. Thank you. I would love to hear All right. you. Is that the last call, Sarah? Sure. All right. There you go. Sorry. Uh, no time to be fair to another caller, as they say. Uh, we want to thank Cena Radio correspondents uh, Steve Kastenbaum uh, and James Roop, as well as Scott Daly, Steve Alton, and Dorothy Carcassari for the National Enquirer. Rick Emerson, show produced today and every day by the lovely and talented Sarah Dillon for uh, AM 970 Southern State Radio. In the newsroom, Tim Riley and the phones, Richard Bristol, the gatekeepers, Dave's in, the webmistress is Richard from upstairs, and the director of engineering, Brian Jones, and CBS Radio Portland marketing guru, Susan. Don't F with me, Reynolds. Uh, have a good weekend. We'll see you all Monday as we count down to Rick Emerson, listener, Party 11. Uh, thank you. Be safe. Don't let the masters turn in. Thank you for listening. Bye now.